the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 63 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey yo, what's up everybody? It's Dan Tom here with the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Of course, you may know me from MMAJunkie.com, Action Network, places like that, but this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast. Well, we break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully before the fight, uh, make sure I check my mutes, um, my audio sources, make sure I'm focused in decently, hopefully. Um, hopefully you guys are doing well, seeing uh, the usuals, my guy Alvin Yakatori there in the chat. Um... Uh, my guy Dustin Love, of course, going to give him a special shout out here uh, in a second. Don't you worry, um, man. Ah, uh, lo- love seeing the familiar faces. We Al- Alvin Yakatori, we must find the people who pull up to your greatness. What? Everyone in the world has the potential for greatness. We as fans must do our best to encourage each fighter for that greatness and each other. You know, and each other. You know, it, it sounds hokey, but you know, I'm of the belief that you know. We're all uh, passionate and good at something, and trying to embrace that, incorporating that in your life any way you can um, it is good. Um, I'm very grateful to be doing this for a job, but at the same time, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with having things as a hobby. You know, if you're doing a job somewhere, uh, you know, rendering to Caesar what is Caesar, so to speak, right? Um, and you're still making time for yourself. That is incredibly admirable and important. Um, and, and I think we should not lose uh, sight of that because we, and myself included, folks, you know, we can get so caught looking at others and how, how well they're doing or this or that, or I wish I was here, I wish I was there. And you know what? Um, a little too much of something as we can, you know, see with this UFC fight, which we're going to be talking about here in a second, UFC Fight Night 213, UFC. Kata versus Allen, UFC Vegas 63. Um, too much, you know, uh, can come with a cost too, even when it comes to stuff we love, like mixed martial arts, you know. So it's something that I've had to learn the hard way and continue to learn. Uh, feeling pretty burnt out, wanted to take a break this week, not going to lie. Fighting the procrastination demons of all the, uh, kind of everything crashing, both literally. If you guys have seen my social feeds, uh, I almost, you know, died the other night with my, you know, home gym crashing on me. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, crashing the plays, of course, we, we won't get uh, too much into that because we already did the recap for that. Just a couple touch-up notes as far as fallouts from this week. We'll be right to the breakdown, hopefully not too long of a show, um, knock on wood here. And then, yes, of course, um, the multiple crashes of uh, having opponents fall out, um, plans get shaken up, uh, multiple injuries, and, um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, just as much as I've been trying to push it through, just between the injuries that uh, I'm going through, um, doesn't make 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 much much sense to to, to keep keep pushing through and further 
compounding this stuff and perhaps uh, I got to see, you know, first I get this MRI next week on, on my knee to see where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, don't worry folks. This isn't the personal hour parlaying into the fights, but just a, just a quick update on that. Um, again, you know, the, the, there's an update I promised you guys. And then plus other stuff like, Hey Dan, you know, glad to see you alive after steel beam almost collapsed on you and your dog. Uh, but like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go get my knee checked out, and um, you know it's still in, it's still not great. Uh, I could disguise it a bit, uh, moving around, you know. Um, but anybody knows what they're looking at, you know. It, it, and I, to be honest, kind of irritated it from just doing that move around uh, of, of you know uh, a little bit of bag work and shadow boxing. So it, it's tough, you know. I know there's like people who have like kids and stuff, so maybe you know uh, you fathers out there understand, but like. When people depend on you for basic stuff like uh, rides to the doctor's office or lifting something heavy, and you're the only person, it's like, man, how selfish can I be? And uh, it's already been like a, a five-month camp, so my body's a bit, a bit toast. But I was talking to Rich Chu, you know, who uh, does the, the Alta. He's, you know, of course, former Bellator, Strike Force, OG matchmaker. You know, he, he was really proud of my progress and said I should be proud of it. You know, fighting is just gravy. And I got the bug back, so if I take care of myself now, uh, not only will I not let my family down um, and whatnot, um, I can actually maybe get back in the gym and start training sooner than later and um, continue on because um, I'm excited, man. Like uh, I'm going to keep doing striking privates as much as I can um, and just keep, uh, keep wrestling, uh, keep working with my submission grappling coach. And um, yeah, I think because what this taught me was that getting back in fight shape and competing um, isn't as far out of reach as I thought, you know. Of course, just when I start getting competitive in the room with actual good amateurs slash pros, um, my body starts going, right? So um, I just got to be smart. I, I have a lot of that old school mentality, folks, that's still really bad. Um, of just that, that, you know, water breaks are weak kind of mentality push through. A lot of bootstrap, uh, internalized BS that I grew up with of my time that I'm still working through, to be honest. So, this is really hard, but, because, uh, you know, it's not that you're, you're scared of this or that. You're scared of being thought of as scared, right? That's the whole ego trip that a lot of us men is particularly go through. So, yeah, um, unless something crazy happens, because, again, I, I didn't even have an opponent anyways. So, it's like, I don't even know what the hell I was training for. Or who the hell I was training for. So, yeah, unless something crazy were to happen. But uh, probably not fighting this November. But I'm going to keep uh, doing this program. Sticking to the diet. Um, still haven't, you know, drank alcohol yet. We're going to be real tempted to have a movie beer when I go see uh, Halloween. Uh, um, you know, I'll probably spurge and have some popcorn. But, uh, yeah, no, like, I even through all the letdowns, I haven't, like, given in and gone, like, splurged for food. I think the worst thing I ate was, like, some pretzels some rolled gold cheddar pretzels like uh, no no beer no pork no fast food and then no alcohol um so i want to see how, i'm about three months of none of those probably a little over with some of those uh categories so yeah that's the update with me folks let's get on to this fucking breakdown and um damn hulk smash yeah yeah that was pretty crazy uh yeah yeah i, I wasn't even i know it sounded like i was hitting it heavy and you know your boy does have some some naturally heavy hands, I guess, um, for what that's worth. But like, no, I wasn't. 
I wouldn't even like, I couldn't even put full weight distribution because my left hook swings into the weight distribution of my bad knee and then, you know, oh, well then what about your right hook? You're a southpaw, it goes into your good knee. Well, my good knee was my bad knee, so I don't know how good my good knee is and secondly, my bad shoulder is my right shoulder. So either equation, um, whichever side I was hooking with, it was it was compromised. So thank you for the love, but uh, sounds like TBA dodged a bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, hey man, we'll see, we'll see, man. Uh, I uh, I'm I, sucks. I, I'm I'm really I'm really having a hard time with it uh, right now. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about it any longer than I have, but yeah, it's it's a real it's a real letdown. Uh, it's been a long, a long-standing thing of mine. I've had trouble just whether it's like, uh, you know, I've never really had like, you know, I'm really lucky. I've, I've got a, you know, a good girlfriend, um, you know, some solid family members that are left, um, and whatnot. But like, I never had like friends, family members, significant others ever come to the gym to watch me. I've never been like that egotistical guy that really like films myself a lot. Like that was the first time in a while, um, and so that that's always been a thing about competition. It's not even like, uh, I don't know like the normal reasons like I want to make a career out of it it's like no I just want to show people I've been wasting my time for 30 years you know I want to show people that I'm not like as wimpy as I look you know like it's just like, like these like real basic urges like that that's all I want to do I just want to I want to show I want to show what I what, what I can do because uh, you know, I'm not as bad as I look but uh, yeah it's gonna it might be a wait on that people you guys asking me so I apologize Kerbopolis Rosen why do we have such a bad cards as this one uh, IFC 281, please save us. Yeah, and that was kind of a, the note I parlayed before on, like, you know, being careful of, of, of you know, uh, either criticizing others for being burnt out of something or putting yourself in a position to be burnt out of something you love because it can happen, right? And uh, oversaturation can have effects in a multitude of ways, including a card effect. I know Luke Thomas has been talking about this forever. Um, me not long, uh, long after him or around the same time. So I definitely don't want to beat the dead horse here uh, on the program. But, like, yeah, I, I, I've not been a fan of it. I'm happy for opportunities. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy for all these fighters getting opportunities uh, and stuff. But um, it, it's it's uh, <laughs> it, it comes at a cost, as you guys can see. Just Hawk in the building. Sorry to shout for you guys. Just Hawk in the building. RCC Hawk 83, baby. What's up? What is going on, man? Um, hey, shouts real quick. I, I, I do want to shout out my guy, um, Dustin Love over there, D-Love. Uh, when I shout out the round three submissions, which we have one coming up, that's often for a OG listener. That's 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 Derek Love, master of love. So I want to give shouts to him too. But my guy, D-Love here, Dustin Love, has been a friend of the program, friend on Instagram. Just an overall good guy to the community. Helps a lot of fighters. You know, seeing some of... Uh, Shouts to Bobby Green. Did he just get released? Oh, crap, I think. But, like, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of uh, UFC fighters uh, spouting the uh, the old turmeric tonic there. So uh, I, I just want to give a, a love. Speaking of his IG, D-Loves underscore turmeric underscore tonic. And you can actually go and get the turmeric tonic, the turmeric tonic dot com. And guys, if you, and gals, and, and you know, uh, mythical creatures and, uh, people of, of all universes, if you actually go to thetumorictonic.com and you type in code PROTECT15, PROTECT, as it's spelled 15, you can get 15% off. It's exclusive to my listeners. So I want to thank D-Love, my guy Dustin Love there for that. Um, I, you know, I appreciate any company that wants to work with me. 
uh, I haven't really had too many, man. And uh, so being able to uh, just give out a code as silly as that sounds or this or that is pretty freaking cool to have a customized one. Like I feel like a, you know, I, I you know, I feel like I'm somebody, but no, no, really. Uh, but but the, the other tie-in of that is not just my own ego or for the show to have a sponsor, but like it is genuinely cool to help smaller businesses, people you know, people doing good things. Um, the code is protect for protecting that podcast, but uh, turmeric uh, or turmeric or however you want to pronounce it, I, I try not to pronounce too little to the spelling. Um, it is excellent. Uh, ever since I worked at a health food store, I've been a big proponent of it. Um, I, I have been having to consume it the hard way, which I'm not bummed about. Um, I have my smoothies every day. I cut about a thumb-sized turmeric, um, as well as a thumb-sized ginger with some other things, uh, some pink salt, some protein, coconut water, uh, pink salt to kind of uh, counter the adrenals for the coffee that I drink, get some key minerals there. It is a healthy salt. Coconut oil is a healthy fat. Uh, healthy fats increase the bioavailability of some of the greens that you often throw into your smoothie. So some things you want to go into conjunction. Well, what goes into conjunction great with turmeric to help increase that bioavailability um, is pineapples because pineapple contains bromelain. Bromelain is also an excellent anti-inflammatory. And sometimes when you pair things up, it's like a super jump uh, steroid, uh, steroid, if you will, you know. Um, lemon's another great thing to pair up with either greens or the turmeric. Uh, my guy D-Love puts lemon and ginger, by the way, well-balanced in his uh, in his juice, but just giving you guys some biohacks here. Um, pineapple's another great thing to pair with turmeric. Even if you like snacking on the pineapple, maybe snack on some of that pineapple, drink some of my guy D-Love's uh, turmeric tonic blend, which I may grab a, a bottle out from my fridge here as, as we get through this breakdown. Um, and it actually increases the bioavailability for anti-inflammatory uh, compounds. Now, if you want bromelain by itself, um, some suggest you can actually take the extract. Uh, Plant-based extract is a little better because a large majority of the bromelain is in a lot of nutrients. This is not the not-so-fun part of the... Uh, what, did Dan Don knows a bunch of random shit? I know, but like I didn't go to school for it, so I could never get credit and I could never move up in this said health, uh, health food place that fucking fired me over uh, over fucking concussion issues when I got concussion. So fuck you, Whole Foods. But anyways, uh, continuing on with a quick health lesson. Yes, bioavailability, bromelain, most of it resides in the core, not like the apple, or not the core, but the uh, the skin, and not like the apple skin where you can eat it, so who cares? Obviously, pineapple's a bit of a hard shell, a little bit of hard extraction. So bromelain supplements for that anti-inflammatory to pair with your turmeric, not bad. It's not the health show, but feel free to pop those questions until you'd be surprised. Your boy can um, uh, uh, maybe help point you in the right direction. All right, uh, it's been long enough. We got that shout. We're about 15 minutes in. Let's get to the breakdown, shall we? We got UFC Vegas 63. Uh, hit me in the chat. I'll, I'll be answering stuff along the way. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, you know. For example, Ghost Phantom here. Uh, I'll let him. This is kind of apropos I guess but uh you know to the general woes of what we do Ghost Phantom 98 uh do you think it's contradictory to watch as much film as we do since past performances are now always a promise of future outcomes it feels like it you know I know I just said we're gonna get the breakdown we're 15 minutes in um but uh yeah it feels like it especially after this last week right because 
you know, you can watch all the tape you you want, and then you know, I know you don't bet Ghost Phantom, but like from the betting perspective, for example, you can go bet on an injured fighter like TJ, and you're like, oh crap, right? Or the classic Dan Tom perspective, just from that analyst, forget the betting, right? Just from that twist of the knife, uh, which is what I always try to like focus on, like. It's not the betting. It's just unfortunately, um, thank you guys, the pa- pa- pas- the Pascal R's of the world, who uh, gave me shouts for this on Twitter. Just like when when these bad decisions hit, and just like our tally and keeping tally at home. Like, how many of these are you on the wrong side of Dan? And uh, it's a lot. And we'll get to actually some close decisions that I was on the right side of. To be fair and balance out, um, because again, I got to keep that same energy. And uh, at this point, you know, I, this is a streak that I don't mind ending. Um, even though we're talking about past year, so it hasn't really ended. But you know what I mean. Uh, it, it, it sucks because uh, the classic analysis standpoint is that, you know, I get the analysis right. Like the uh, – I'll, I'll go – this one didn't suck as bad, obviously, but like – and it's a random one, so I'm not beating the same dead horses. But like I picked Alistair Overeem and beat Stipe Miocic at what was it, UFC 203? And I said that, you know, um, left crosses, uh, shots from the left side – um, Stipe hadn't been seeing as well and then since he got eye poked he's not been seeing right hands as well by the way um, but uh, who knows we'll, we'll see what Stipe does but uh, I said to watch out for that also the way he shoots his singles are going to you know open up for guillotines um, and then the body kicks also as well and then what happens in that fight Alistair lost but if you watch the fight he literally hurts and highlights every point I made in the analysis but he still lost so the analysis can be right, and the outcomes, to Ghost Phantom's point, can be can be fuck all. And you incorporate the old Dan Tom Juju in there, and it's it can be really maddening, man. Like, uh, again, a lot of this, forgive me, folks, I, I get more anxiety on any card when I get close to um, withdrawal, my withdrawal limits, you know, which we're talking about. And, like, you know, not a lot for some people, especially some of the people that follow this show, but for me, who, you know, bets with, like, you know, a little bit above beer money these days because... Part of me feels like I have to. That's another story for another day. But um, even me with my, you know, uh, trying to be careful and conservative and whatnot. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, shit. Um, sorry. Hitting the head too much. And I'm continuing to. Um, even me with, uh, oh, yeah, we are, yeah, with uh, uh, close to withdrawals. Uh, it, and we're talking about, you know, you know uh, uh, multiple grands and thousands and stuff, which is a lot for a guy, a schlub like me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I get I get a little anxious, and the reason why I don't have these big nights and why that UFC San Diego, my last big night was so, it was so good. It was not just because I won won big or whatever, but as somebody in the comments smartly pointed, is that I didn't expose a lot to get that return. Because um, as you guys know, I, I kind of average like four units a house. Um, and then the one house that lets me round robin, or if, if a house lets me round robin, then it's an extra 1.2 units. So, um, and that's where I'm ending up this this week too as well, folks. Um, although I may have some Silva Paul to talk about, um, which is weird for me, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so that sucks. And uh, so that, that was a real extra letdown. Um, the fact that, again, the reason why I don't go big is because every time I do go big, see last week and any other times I do, I don't have the big epic nights. I don't get to uh, have the big celebrations or anything. Not that I'm a big victory lap guy anyways, but um, those often backfire the most, which is why I go conservative, which is why it irks me, even on my good years, winning nights, however you want to decide it, I always remind you guys, like, you guys make out way more than I do. 
because I'm so beaten into PTSD because of nights like you guys just saw UFC 280. Um, you know, and again, you know, it will, it, the analysis doesn't sometimes doesn't, doesn't feel like it, it matters. Like I saw bad takes from media people um, that were like disrespectful to uh, Charles Oliveira all week. Still, still harping on he's a quitter, right? Um, still harping on you know. I, I saw you know, you know, no, you know. None of the you guys are great, but like none of the major people give me you know credit for my analysis for like trying to scream to the world and do Bronx's last two fights prior that like if you can't follow him confidently to the ground, um, you can hurt him, but you know, which he, I think he will get hurt and he did, but because of those reasons, um, I think that you know he'll still have the edge. And, uh, you know, was even though I was uh, Team Dubronx and this and that, I, uh, I was still one of the only people saying, don't just look Islam striking. And again, even Team Dubron even Team Islam people, well, like, I didn't expect the striking. And they certain shit weren't saying it beforehand. But again, uh, what, you know, what credit should I get? None, of course. Uh, but it's just, it is annoying, though. So you're just like, damn, man, I, 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 the analysis was there, but I, I was just, I fucking dropped the ball on the results. I didn't drop the ball. We can't control these results. You know, but uh, that was annoying. And even analysts who like I respect, like uh, like uh, shouts to my guy Connor Rebush, who I've had on this program, Heavy Hands, by the way, uh, great program. Uh, I'm nervous listening to him this week, but uh, I, I I still will for my dessert podcast because they got my guy Dan Albert. Shouts to Dan Albert, um, excellent analyst, really smart guy. Uh, at Typewriting Da, go give him a follow and Heavy Hands podcast on Patreon uh, or just otherwise. It's worth supporting that show. So no hate here, but like. Uh, you know, uh, I, I almost felt like because I had some people in me like, oh, you, you know, uh, your guy Connor's like not giving Dubronx any credit. Da da da. da. Like, I don't know. I'll get to it. I get to my dessert podcast. So I listened. I was like, oh man. I was like, and, he, and Connor likes to do Dubronx. And I, I love Connor, so it wasn't disrespectful. But I was like, wow. But I just, you know, I, I didn't hear anybody touching on any of the clinch analysis that I talked about. You know. And I even heard, you know, uh, you know, good analysis on posture and otherwise. Shouts to Jason Sargas, my guy Sam Yang, Southpaw Podcast, big lover of that show, uh, supporter. You got to support them on on Patreon as well. Um, but like, again, nobody pre or post mentioned my posture notes. And and again, I was wrong on the pick. But the the crazy part was is like, go back and re rewatch it. And where's Islam underhooking? Where is he leg reaping? Where's his head sagging off to? It was exactly where I said it was going to be. But Dubronx just never went for one front headlock, even threat. Like, even in the Gaethje fight, you look, and even with the striking, and Ga he didn't finish Gaethje with that. But if you look, there's just multiple feeds. He's always feeding. He's constantly, boom, boom, I'm getting hit, I'm feeding. I'm striking you, I'm feeding. I'm in the clinch, plumbing, I'm feeding. I'm collar tying, I'm, I'm feeding. He didn't try to feed for the choke once that I saw, and Islam's head was always there. So the analysis was there, but again, the result's not, so fuck off, Dan, right? Um, and, uh, and yeah, and that, 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 that's just annoying, you know, it's annoying to be one of the few, you know, I know, I know Jack Slack, you guys say, says it too. And that doesn't surprise me because again, he's a good analyst. Um, and speaking of the heavy hands guys, you know, they give great analysis when it comes to this, as far as body work and stuff like that. Phil McKenzie, another great analyst you should follow. 
um, you know, the fight site guys, right? All them, they talk about body work. Too. There's a reason why we talk about body work. There's a reason why, more importantly, the fighters who get in there will tell you it's worse than the headshots. There's a reason why when a guy is hurt to the body, we see them almost begging to be hit in the head, and they will admit and confirm that. So that is not my speculation to prove my point here in pontification. No. Straight from the horse's mouth on multiple occasions. Because why? Because body work fucking hurts, and shouts to uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think uh, Chan Sheehan's, you know, as far as like you know, media guys who, who are in the scoring things, giving me credit to that before. I think probably who did one of the uh, better and arguably uh, the best, easily the best, but it feels unfair because that they kind of specialize in it is is couchside judges. Of course, it's Dan Urban and Scott Fontana. Um, uh, their recap of Jan versus O'Malley, but man, again, uh, other than, you know, most takes all around was just like, it just turned into, it's hard to get honest takes because it's like, oh, Dan, you're biased, but there's this other bias of like, I don't want to look wrong, you know? Like, um, again, it's okay to change your opinion, and I respect everybody uh, on the uh, judges gonna judge thing. Shout out to my guy, Matt Wells, by the way. He does an excellent job uh, running that. Um, but like all all the media people uh change their change their score from Jan to O'Malley and it, what what did I, what did I tell you guys that it was you know and again the, well, the annoying part is bets aside or analysis aside I'm always talking about these things and again the controversial scorecard oh the guy that did the meaningful leg and body work was on the wrong side of the scorecards again hmm you know, and again, it's not that, I, and I'm not even like one side about this either. I'm not like, oh, the judges are twiddling their mustaches and they hate body work. Like, no, I've, I, I, I give them full credit now, and I make sure when I bring this argument that I'm giving them credit and in, in conjunction with the criteria. But the fact is, I always talk about human nature bias, which is crazy, and no one ever fucking talks about what I'm talking. So many media members that I respect too. I'll have conversations in private, and I'll talk to them. And I just feel like every time I bring up this body work and these things that I keep repeating to you guys and the analysts get and the actual fighters get, I just get maybe a couple word answers from my media contemporaries. I'm just like, mm, yeah, hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, which is constant. I don't know if I just fucking give that asshole vibe, whether I'm like in work meetings and I'm like, you know, speaking some truths or something. I just, everybody fucking quiet as a church. Quiet as a fucking church. Um, it's, so I don't know, man. I, I give my media contemporaries respect and shouts constantly more, you know, much more than the majority uh, give me. But you know what? As reductive as everybody's being, especially with this 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 Jan and O'Malley analysis going, it's Jan's wrestling versus uh, O'Malley striking. Like, no, that is not what what it was. You can you can score it for how, whoever you want. And the reason why I say that, and the reason why I'm reluctant to say rivalry, is not because I too am worried about you know, oh, you know. How I look, which is you know a, a common criticism you can throw amongst media members, right? And that's fair, very fair. Believe me, I may may not throw that shade myself, but I will say in defense of of myself to keep that same energy and keep that same myself under that same microscope, is that the reason why I'm reluctant to say robbery is because the way the criteria is written, it leaves subjectivity to really make a case um, for any, either fighter, you know. So again, I'm not like against like accountability people but like under the criteria it's actually not hard to make a case for 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 a fighter if you want to say you saw something a certain way you can kind of just leave it at that who's going to challenge you that's what you saw and if people are respecting and acknowledging like they should and something i do here on this program um even though 
you know, I'll, I'll be the last to get like, you know, usually acknowledged uh, outside of the people that I mentioned uh, as far as my uh, you know, scoring knowledge or just knowledge of the sport. No. Uh, but like, uh, but yeah, like, it, it, you can, you can, you can make a case for, for almost anybody's basically, you know, what I'm trying to say. Like, it's got to be really bad for for there to be an actual robbery. And the judges do get the outcomes. How they get there, we can nitpick, sure, sure, certainly. But as far as the outcomes, they do get it right way more than they're given credit for. Uh, they get it right most, if not, you know, a majority of the, a large majority of the time. And that shouldn't be controversial. I know it's a betting show, so a lot of us, you know, a lot, a lot of listeners are gonna be like, ah, ah, ah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it was tough. It was maddening. I knew it was gonna be a painful week to listen to the podcast. You know, it's always a painful week, right? Like, you know, you go to UFC.com, you're trying to turn the page, and of course they have fucking, you know. Smash time, and there's like Makachev's right there, and then you go to UFC Fight Pass, and even up till today, every time I reload the homepage, and it sucks because for whatever reason the cookies don't work. At least for me, I don't know for you guys, so I can never just hit back. I have to hit back and then retype in the name of the fighter that I'm I'm going through their catalog. I have to retype in the whole thing, which means I have to stop at their homepage that they don't refresh, and it's still like Makachev and O'Malley like staring you right in the face. You're like, yes, 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 thank you. My ass still hurts from last weekend, but thank you for the for the visual. Uh, assault um but yeah and then you know listening to the podcast and just listening to people over and over again miss those points not talk about the body kick or the debasing leg kicks you know um uh again shouts to couchside judges for at least mentioning you know jan's guard and deflecting and rolling with shots which we'll talk about with arlovsky collier um coming up right um close decision that i did get close decision that i did get don't get me wrong folks a lot of a lot of people i respect we're on the wrong side, so I'm not trying to throw a jab or shade. I'm just making an honest one-to-one comparison because it's off the top of my mind. We're going to talk about that fight. But, yeah, that was just really fucking annoying, um, just not, not hearing anybody. It's like, score it for who you want, but can you just mention the – and everybody's no, everybody's pretty much what it came down to was outstruck, which is like, okay, outstruck, are you referring to the stats that are bullshit, the empty volume stuff? Um, or are you referring to that piston of a right hand, which like I completely described, it was off the lead, and and again, and I know that I love Anik, but like, and usually it's Rogan that, that that fits that spot, but like, again, bettering or not, it's so bad that I can even predict these things where I go, yep, right there, right there, that's gonna make everybody, that's gonna make MMA decisions uh, unanimous and around, um, because again, these the you know. It's 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 all the media people. They're watching the broadcast, and 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 I have not heard or seen one of them tweet one acknowledgement of again the natural biases that I constantly talk about on the show, folks. Um, of of commentary, expectancy, all those things. Um, very few will talk about those things, and um, and yeah, it, it happens every time. Every time they you know. Uh, and I can almost spot it live as it's happening, going, oh, yep, it was a headshot. That looked uh, much more worse than it was. And uh, even though, you know, Jan returns, doesn't look bothered, um, the commentary said they were rocked. It made loud noise. It was big punch. So that's all you need. That's really all you need with the criteria. And that's the annoying part is the counters, the rolls, the deflections, um, the taking things off. Like and if and if you look at actually to the word of the criteria uh, as far as um you know gaining you know uh, 
you know, as far as things like, you know, gaining a reaction or showing damage, like a foot slapping leg kick from O'Malley compared to Jan actually thudding his leg and then it actually debases his stance, makes O'Malley uh, wince, reset, stops his pressure, and be much more cautious. Like that's, you clearly damaged your opponent. You got a reaction from him. And with O'Malley's history in particular, but just as we've seen in general, um, you never know how bad someone is hurt. They could be carrying that win or lose, right? Uh, Glover Prokoshka, crazy fifth round submission, but it was the body shot that did Glover in when you when you interview him. Um, and it's like, well, Dan, how, how are we supposed to know that? How are we supposed to know that? You know, uh, it's got to be really obvious. Okay, Dan, maybe we miss these small ones you're talking about. But, you know, when so-and-so was hurt to the body, he was clearly doubled over. The judges gave him credit. I gave him credit. What's your point there? Okay, fair enough. But let's flip that around. How many headshots have you all given credit for that didn't fit that description that y'all are, y'all are holding this fucking high bar for body and leg work? How high is your bar for head? It, it ain't that high, that's for damn sure. It ain't that high by your definitions. It ain't that high by your actions subconsciously if you were to go back and recollect and audit yourself. You know, it's the same with everybody like trying to give like credit to like buggy chokes and all these like random stuff from guard that is low percentage and are not even joint, not even like armbar submissions that actually do damage. Like they're choke submissions where you either get it or you don't, right? And even if it is a joint manipulation submission, how many rounds, not just going back in a time machine, but in just a relevant time period that you have scored yourself, um, have you get kept that same energy and given the same credit to other people's guard attacks? I guarantee you, you have not kept the same energy. And not only that, at an extremely disproportional rate. Because that is not the history of how this sport has been graded, whether we like it or not. And in turn, that has conditioned us for it to be graded a certain way. So, But again, you will never hear these points being talked about by, by other media members for the most part. So... I just will keep shouting into the air, and I'm just, I'm kind of fucking burnt out, to be honest. So let's get through this breakdown, um, and then I'll get back to questions, folks. All right, we got uh, Calvin Kata. What time is it? Uh, 33, yeah. I went, I just doubled the time. I was going to get into 15, and look at that. So, all right, well, I, at least I took care of the notes from, from previous week, and I got my little uh, vent sesh out. Um, but again, man, props to, props, to, uh, props to O'Malley, like I tweeted the night of. No robbery, like I tweeted the night of. I just wish people would show their work a little better and acknowledge things uh, instead of just saying, oh, he rocked because big punch and loud and commentary said he rocked. I'm not going to examine that. If only. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to share this out too because I'm, I'm bad at that, of course. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, what do we got here? Calvin Cater, minus 105. Arnold Allen, minus 115. Cater opened as the favorite, like minus 175. And I don't blame anybody that took Allen at those opening odds, but the line completely flipped. Now it's just kind of coming down where it should be as a pick 'em. Um, I don't blame people that took the rubber band. Again, you got a someone who opened as a as a favorite and as a plus money. You don't owe an explanation to anybody. Take your shot off the uh, the you know the, the the value argument, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh. Sorry, but yeah, um, I I I ended up going with Cater here, and it's it's not super confident. You guys, this shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I know. Oh, Dan Tom's going with the uh, 
Dan Tom's going with a fighter who uh, uh, is more proven in this spot. Wow, surprise, 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 right? But, like, yeah, that, that, that's what it's going to be. Share this out. Sorry, this new button. I feel like everything got, got new buttons. Did, did Elon Musk buy everything? Because I feel like not only Twitter is different, like YouTube recently changed up their shit. And it's got me all, it's got me all fucked up. Anyways. Alright, it's okay. People didn't need to hear the uh, other bullshit anyways, right? So, well, thank you guys. Um, ah, thanks, Dustin Love. Sorry to heal. Heal up quick. Yeah, I'm trying. to see what we're working with. Um, my shoulder did feel a little better, though, actually. So that was good. Um, it's not popping out like TJ's, but um, like everybody was comparing their own their own injuries. Like I was literally just explaining to you guys this exact the exact same scenario. So you guys know I I got my receipts um, that I was just was really down like a couple weeks ago because I I just couldn't spar the way I was supposed to. Uh, I couldn't swim, so I was just having to give my back and getting fucking torched and getting my eye bludgeoned up and yeah, fun stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, back to Cater and Allen. Um, I ended up taking Cater here, check out my, my main event breakdown. Uh, it's it's interesting because in past notes, I was like, Cater's had trouble with when f fighters have shown the southpaw stance. Like he beat Feely, but Feely, I think, had his probably his best moments from southpaw. Nothing too major, obviously. Um, Moicano beat him and actually did some, some switching uh, to southpaw and had really good moments there. Uh, but again, he was already beating up the leg, was already losing. Ended up losing. Uh, Zabit didn't go his southpaw as much as I thought he did. He he does a lot more. He didn't as much. He he, he chose the boxing orthodox, which was very surprising, and did, did 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 very well until he started getting tired, right? And then you have uh, switch dance fighters. Max Holloway didn't do a lot of southpaw there, though. I I, I said maybe something to look out for in my never ending. Oh, maybe Max will go southpaw again, and, and never does. Um, and then um, Giga obviously does a lot of fighting from Southpaw. And Cater did the stepping the Southpaw to Mirror to take away the kicks, and that did well. Um, but I don't know how well that will do, considering that whenever Yusuf did that, he got tagged up pretty hard, which um, I don't, that's not too surprising. That's a great sign. I know it's something I try to target whenever someone goes Southpaw on me. One of my last spawning sessions, a guy was going Southpaw, and every time he did, uh, he would try to just throw a strong lead right, and I would just uh, inside parry two, right hook to the body, and just, oh, I can still feel it hitting the fucking body. As you guys can tell, I practice what I preach. If you looked at that bag work, where, where were those big shots going? Where were the setups finishing to? That's right, baby, the fucking body, baby. Body work. Um, bitches, body work. Gotta tell them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, Oh yeah, feel free to like and subscribe. This is live on my YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA, for those listening in the future, future, future. Um, so uh, Alan would light up, you know, do some good work whenever um, Sadiq switched. Uh, luckily for Cater, um, he didn't do that every time, or we'll see luckily for, but uh, we actually got a lot of looks where he would strike from orthodox when Giga was going southpaw, and it was when Giga was tired and being pressured on the back foot so he wasn't kicking. So uh, even though Allen's been kicking more, um, so we still got to see that look, obviously, but we got more of the, the boxing southpaw look there. Because, again, um, Cater's not fought any dedicated southpaws in the UFC. Uh, and on the regional scene, you got to go back to Saul Almeida, um, who is a uh, who is a tall 
um, I believe, more jujitsu-based guys. So, and that fight was forever ago. So yeah, I don't know how relevant that sample is, right? Um, but yeah, if you look at it when against Giga, he, he feels like he just is way more confident uh, against Southpaws because he actually was doing his best work and most diverse work, not just in the fight, but in general. I know he seemed to have planned to be adding in more elbows, like the spinning counter elbows, um, but those also came from the open stance more when an opponent goes southpaw. Um, his uppercuts uh, and knees, which is you really got to be feeling somebody to do that, you know. Um, you, you're finding your range at that point, and that's usually Cater's MO. When he's, when, he, when he's comfortable, you'll see him uh, throw out some uppercuts. And I know Giga is not the same, nor as good or as slick of a boxer, especially from the southpaw stance. He's a better boxer from his orthodox stance and a better kicker from his southpaw stance, Giga is, uh, than Allen, right? But still, that going off what we can here. So um, maybe Allen does throw Cater off, right? And uh, Allen does have heavy hands. Um, but are they as heavy as Emmett's? And I think that he's going to have to both be slick scare and have those heavy hands to really bring out, bring about that hesitancy that I got to imagine Cater um, and his camp are, you know, are working on having answers on so they don't get stuck having these close rounds that ended up costing him last time, you know, which we don't have to get back into. But yes, that was another close fight that I was on the wrong side of. Um, if I bet it, I bet it smaller, not at all. Just like Saruki and Gamrot, I didn't bet at all. So I'm not crying on that side. But again, I, yes, I whether pick or play, I was surprised on the wrong side. of the Decisions that everybody's freaking out about, right? Of course. So, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully they have something for that. Um, because Allen is not really, you know, uh, high output when you look at his, his fights. Um, and also, he, and again, this could be another Benil Daryush thing, which is very similar, where it feels like he's giving everything in every fight, you know? I feel like fights that he should wash the guy or you think he's going to wash the guy end up being closer um, and a lot of times it's in that third round and he's getting bigger um, you know he looked uh, he looks looking more ripped and more drained as he gets older you know he's entering his you know you might finish his career at lightweight maybe but uh, he's definitely getting into the age where your body grows right from 28 to 32 uh, you're entering your prime, but also, um, you know, when you're in the lower weight classes, once you hit your 30s, um, you got to be ready for your body to to to, to stop uh, performing as well, the or the possibility of it. Not saying you will, you know. You've got outliers who drop weight late, but you know, um, he he, but he wasn't looking great in that third round, right? Uh, and against a guy like Cater, who's going to bring the pressure, even though he's not, you know, he might not be the best pressure fighter as far as, you know, you have the commentary making notes as far as, you know, his, his cage cutting goes. But um, his team's very smart. Tyson Chardier is a very sharp guy. And tactically, they've been seeming to be honing in better on game plans and preparations. So I'm going to go with Cater by decision. But this is a pick em for a reason. If you got plus money, best of luck to you on either side. Um,. I may look as an anchor piece, possibly, for this fight as an over. Because uh, Cater's durability, but Cater hits hard, and if Allen does get tired, maybe you do get the fighter falling apart in rounds four and five. Usually, I play that if I'm on it. I'm not this time, even though I'm picking Cater. 
because I'm also picking him by decision. I'm sure you can still get a plus money for that. Um, not sure I want to sweat this one out, though, to be honest. So uh, I'm just going to watch it and uh, move on. See if I got any questions on that. And then I'll uh, push on. Sorry, my eyes are tired. I didn't uh, sleep very much because I just had a hard time getting going this week. And then I just ended up like staying up all night last night. Um, Dustin Love, my pleasure, Dan. You are the man. You add a ton of value to the community. Uh, large and honored uh, to be connected with such a great guy. Ah, too kind, Dustin. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah. And then he says, stacking healthy whole food medicines can make one plus one equal three. Absolutely great. Well said. Well said. And I'm glad uh, I'm not talking out of my talking out of my ass there. Right. Um, oh shit! Half the battle. Dan Levy just wanted to stop by and show love to my boy Dan Tom. Hey, shout out to my guy Dan Levy. He's been killing it, man. Um, you know, again, uh, just because I ate shit and, and others ate shit, like, there's plenty of people who did well. Who was it? Ian Parker, I think, swept. Um, my guy Dan Levy's been killing it. Uh, you know, former co-host at Line Movement, uh, obviously. Uh, I know a lot of people miss the Dan and Dan show, Dan Squared. Um, that was good times. Um, and I always, I, I always uh, you know, I'll even shout out, you know, past co-hosts of Half the Battle up on this program, whether it was uh, Kyle Morley or Shaq. But, uh, man, my guy Dan's been killing it over there. Don't think I haven't seen you, Dan. Um, and it actually gives me hope, too. I was, I was thinking about that the other day because, um, you know, uh, I was refreshing some bad decisions, I think, of, like, 2021 or whatever. And uh, that I know me and me and my boy Dan were on the same side of. Um, and and, and uh, so he was getting his, you know, his, you know maybe his own. Um, I don't want to speak for him because he's fucking killing it right now. But maybe his own, you know, bad juju of that. But you know, the guy just stays stays professional, keeps to his grind. Um, that is that is the one good thing about the saturation. I know I'm like negative Nancy over here, but it gives you opportunities to bounce back every week. And uh, you know, I see that guy just getting to his grind, man. And and you know, um, whether it's a uh, you know close, near, far, wherever you are, a win is a win. And the guy's been been getting those dubs, so. Uh, that 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 inspires uh that helps inspire me. Uh, who else did well? Um, fuck, someone else did really well too. Uh, I think my guy Brian Big Gun Petrie did well too. I think I I, I I he must have he was on he was on O'Malley. So again, just like I said the night of man, no no hate to anybody cashing the tickets or whatever. I, I'm more of a man of principle, and what ruffles my feathers is like people not talking about body work and like showing their work kind of a deal. Um, but yeah, man, shouts so uh, shouts you know. Uh, shout, shouts to everybody who won, and and especially if you're you're a good winner out there, um, you know when you you know when you you, you know when you you, you get one, um, and, and you're not shitting on others. That's why I always try to say even when I'm saying like, oh, glad I dodged that bullet or this or that or why would any you know I, I try to like walk it back and remember like you know, listen you know, there's fights where like you know we'll talk about Collier or Olofsky. I was on the right side of a lot of people I respect were on Collier, like you don't think that I don't feel for them like you know and not that I should it's a selfish game or whatever but like I don't know it's just the energy I like to keep here I'm pretty self-aware of the other side you know we talk so much about the winners uh you know in this game as Khalil Roundtree a fighter we'll be talking about we don't often talk about um you know uh give the the losers their fair due and um DC recently in the commentary fight did a really good job of that I know he gets a lot of crap but uh he did a really excellent job of of talking about how good I believe it was Nick Lentz versus um, 
Arnold Allen to, to get back on track here um, on how good of a fight Nick Lentz and giving him that credit even though he was clearly down in the scorecards he was making it a competitive fight I don't think we do that enough so 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 shouts to that shouts to my guy Eric Betts fights shit I'm late been looking forward to this one let's get it Dan and chat what's up um yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go down to the co-main event. Uh, Max Griffin minus 190. Tim Means plus 160. Guys, I'm in the middle of watching Tim Means, Kevin Hall in round one. Um, you're going to have to go to my quick picks and prognostications. You know me. I'm a Tim Means guy, but, like, this is tough. Uh, and, and it's hard to know what you're going to get with Max Griffin. You know, he. I, I was talking about his underrated rated wrestling early, but his striking and strategy has been getting better. We saw that by smartly trying to pull... Magni into the right hand, making that a, a very close fight. Uh, closer than the odds, at least, you know. Um, regardless of how you scored it, I didn't have any action, so I'm not biased either way. Uh, but, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he's a guy who dogs it out. He looks like he's always also kind of constantly tiring all of the uh, Allen Daryush comparison, but, you know, uh, doubt him at your own peril, right? So, which is why I was kind of leaving the door open for Allen if I didn't finish that thought there. And why I'm not super, super confident on my cater by decision. Um, so I'm probably going to pick Max Griffin here to either sadly uh, knock out Tim Means uh, after Tim Means is doing really well, uh, or to turn it into a dirty fight and um, where Tim Means' body can't necessarily hold up to, because that's what uh, I'm seeing. I got to go refresh my eyes to see how he is in exchanges. If it's a just a durability in spots, or is he, you know, looking much better? I know I made the argument for. Even though I think I picked Holland, but like I think I played means by decision plus 500 because if it got there, right? Um, this is different. Griffin, even though not as sharp, not as high of a ceiling as a Holland, he is much more active and willing to put offense out there, which from a scoring and scorecards perspective, I don't think is going to call for as much of a sweat. It's more just, I don't know if it's going to get there, right? Um, but this fight, I just feel like the, the, the totals are trapped for me. Uh, I don't I, I'm getting. I got a bad feeling about this boss. I'm, I'm John C. McGinley in platoon. I got. I got a bad feeling about this Barnes. Uh, so regardless of what pick you see, um, even if I do end up picking my my boy the Dirty Bird, big fan Dirty Bird, Southpaw, technical savvy. Um, even if I do end up picking him, which I'm leaning the other way. Granted, albeit sadness hedge vibes. Shouts to Phil McKenzie. Um, I uh, I won't be playing this fight for what that's worth. And uh, yeah. Um, Waldo Cortez Acosta minus 195 versus Ivandera. Give me sight beyond sight. Uh, this is another one where you can play Vandera and you don't owe an explanation to anybody because he is a favorite that went to dog money. Um, he's going against an unproven Dana White Contender Series fighter. It's heavyweight. Um, I was, for those reasons alone, you don't have to talk to anybody. You could just play your Vandera shot. No one should give you shit about it. Um because you sure as shit ain't playing Waldo for, you know, close to two to one. Uh, that being said, I actually am leaning toward the Dana White Contender Series fighter. I know, this is crazy. Um, basically, you know, Vandera, hard to trust, you know. Um, you know, the grappling with Olenek, I, didn't, I wasn't so quick to crucify him in that spot because if you look at what he was doing, um, I could see how someone got caught up into it, and he did try to bail. It was just too late, and he's not very scrambly savvy for a heavyweight. So um, he got stuck turtling in the dogfight, and that's where Olenek thrives, right? So uh, I, 
I don't think is his bad characterization, but he goes out and does himself absolutely no favors on top of his already previous work, uh, which we'll talk about in a second as regards to takedown attempts. And attempts, continues that trend and attempts zero takedowns on Chase Sherman. And um, just has a striking battle. And looks like he's actually doing well all the way up to the round where he loses, right? But it was just the fact that he got outwilled by a guy who looks like he's been breaking in there every fight. Just looks like he doesn't want to be there, right? And credit to Sherman, you know, um, how do you not feel good for a guy going through all, you know, all those adversities and losses and the setups to lose and gambling on himself and losing? And, you know, I'm not going to kick a guy when he's down. We had this conversation last time, you know, as far as, uh, you know, again, and back to what I said about keeping that same energy with the losers, how, you know, the media will, you know, and, and, and us as well, not just the media, will praise these fighters who, you know, bet on themselves and win, but then they shit or make fun and join in on, you know, uh, the Justin James of the world who bet on themselves and, and come up short. And, like, like he's the only the f- only fighter that's done that. And only fighter that will do that, even with these new regulations, right? Like, come on. I'm sure they can still, still find a way to get to the counter. Anyways, but yeah, uh, but yeah, he goes out there and and just you know, outwilled gets hurt uh, by Sherman in round three, where Sherman's you know least likely to kind of get the finish. Um, and it's just hard to depend on him because as you look at it, he comes from a wrestling base. His main coach is a wrestler. His main camp is a wrestling camp built upon wrestling names, a la Team Quest, right? He has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, like. That alone, like he should be taking guys down. He he, he's got one takedown, and it's against Harry Hunsucker, and it almost looked reluctant at that because Harry Hunsucker initiating the grappling with a figure four or a double wrist lock, Kimura lock, and uh, just kind of asked to be taken down, and uh, had no answers after that, um, and kind of combusted, as he tended to do. So you know, and again, Hunsucker small moved down to light heavyweight. Um, Cortez Acosta not small. Cortez Acosta actual athlete. Cortez Acosta, not as diverse or has the same accolades, just boxing, but overall doesn't have the kickboxing stuff, which uh, the wrestling or the jiu-jitsu or the experience Vandera has. But he has his head in the right place as far as fighting. You know, He's got a good eye for the counter. He's got a good sense for separations. He does know how to get up from Turtle very well, and he has good urgency from there. It saved his butt in a lot of fights against guys who actually do wrestle in their fights. Um... You know, if Vandera fights the right fight, he could absolutely win this. Um, he could dust off his grappling, but, you know, again, how can you depend on him? Um, the small cage will encourage it, but the small cage will also encourage action. And uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta looks like he's been making his rounds from Arizona fight camps to... Looks like he got some work in here at my gym as well, Tour Ray Cepho. Maybe that's just, you know, stopping here before the fight, right? So I don't know if he's... How how much work he got in? I don't know, folks. No inside. There's no no bias there. Believe me. Definitely not playing this guy. But the pick is Waldo Cortez Acosta. Hearts with everybody who's playing the fatties. Gonna fatty. Shots to the MMA analysis podcast. Uh, and my guy Brad Tazchuk. Um, shouts to everybody playing Vandera. My heart is with you. I couldn't get there though. I couldn't get there. Picking Costa and staying away. Uh, next fight, Josh Fremd. Minus 155, Treshawn Gore, plus 135. Man, Treshawn Gore is a guy who's like... Cold coffee. Shout out to my guy, Ken Hathaway, by the way. Um, 
But uh, yeah, um, Gore is a guy is like, on one hand, it's easy for me to dislike because it's like you know he's like you see him being rude and disrespectful and like being like you know, I don't know, uh, you know, you know, just doing the the, the title sign with the, without the experience. Like, whoa, whoa, relax, slow down. But then, like, your personal story and drive and the genuine nature uh, of this kid to, 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 to do well. And I'm like, man, I can't help but root for this kid. And then he comes in this fight week, and then, you know, Dana White tweets a thing powerful, you know, talking about his mom, amputation from the di diabetes, and, like, you know, someone who just wants to help there and be there for his mom, defend his mom, who just, you know... You know, I, I, I got a mom you know went through some major brain stuff, for those of you that know, and she's just a really good lady who just... Fucking had a hard life, real hard life, and never got the breaks. Always had the hard route, you know. You can see where I get get it from, get my uh, bias and sympathies for you know. Again, you know, it's it's cool if you guys like the you know the Giga Chads of the world that are undefeated or you know the, you know all the I get that the bandwagon fans the teams the, the the big franchise teams it feels good to win, I get it believe me, I'm not questioning that. Um, but for me, it doesn't have this is, it's not right. It doesn't mean to be your opinion, but for me, you know, people that go through adversity, people who didn't have it hard, who weren't privileged like privileged Paul, who we may or may not talk about god forbid um uh but um you know uh yeah those stories you know you know the, the people who just not just from a socioeconomic from the favelas you know like du bronx but like also biologically had the the cards stacked against him was not an athlete you know uh, wow dan why is that relatable you know of course because i'm not an athlete uh, medical stuff wrong with them, you know. Well, the, the people who who persevere through that, so like, that shit gets me going, man. That shit inspires me, you know. Um, you know, hey, nothing beats a winner, especially when you're betting, right? Um, who cares about all that stuff? A winning ticket's a winning ticket. But uh, yeah, being honest, yeah, yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I get that, man. I can't, I can't help root for Trayshawn Gore in this spot, but. When I looked at his style and broke him down, I think I broke him down even more in depth. Looking at his regional stuff, just was not impressed. You know, you look at his injury, doctor stoppage. He really only has one KO, and that's in the Ultimate Fighter house against a guy who I believe is winless, right, in the UFC. Not even here. No offense to Urbina. But, um, and, and it's hard to take from the tough house because everybody's out of their element. Most guys are out of their weight classes, right? They're away from their coaches cutting weight multiple times um, you really can't take too much from the show so uh, you know Gore just again it's, it's it's low output I think the leg kicks are going to do well Josh Fremd is really long and shows damage there and shows that he, he's can been uh, hit there he does try to check and avoid on occasion obviously he's working with Factory X Muay Thai Mark Montoya great camp has been there for, for some time um, dude's an athlete trains at elevation uh, you can tell he used to play baseball himself. Another baseball player like Waldo Acosta is a uh, uh, friend. And you can see he kind of th he, hopefully he's getting it coached out of him. You see it less and less, but he'll occasionally throw those wild overhands like he's throwing a baseball. It's like, ugh. But other than that, looks good. Um, looks like he had his confidence shaken up, which is understandable against Hobo Cop. But hopefully, the fact that Hobo Cop is doing so well, you know, and, and again with his, you know, uh, his other loss to uh, which is short notice against an actually really good guy. Uh, Fluffy Hernandez again 
these will age well, so hopefully it does in his mind. Um, but yeah, unless Trace Sean Gore lands the perfect shot on him, um, it, these guys could left hook each other. Like both of their knockouts, they do have. Uh, Gore's best shot is his left hand, and that's where his knockout comes off of a left hook. Frem's most recent um, knockout uh, prior to Hobo Cop, he l l lands a similar left hook because it's a decent shot for him as well. Um, Gore's listed as six foot and only an inch shorter in reach. Maybe he is only an inch shorter in reach, but he's at least two inches shorter. Gore is definitely 5'11 and tinder hiding six foot. Um, he's probably 5'11, closer to 5'10, side of 5'11 too. If I, I would even go so far as to gamble on wager on that. Um, whereas Frem 6'4, not that height is everything, you'd have tall guy defense, but Frem actually looks like he's, uh, you know, again, really uh, moves well for his height because he's athletic and then is, is schooled pretty decently in the striking and only seems to be improving. Also, a willing wrestler, wrestled all four years in high school, is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu purple belt. And Gore is a brown belt, you know, and he's trained with the Lima brothers, so it's like, okay, he's probably got good Jiu Jitsu. It looks like he's got natural wrestling, can be difficult, you know, get that first layer, you make him work, maybe he gets tired. You know, he definitely has that kind of look that uh, past opponents have accused on him, like he's afraid to gas kind of a thing. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, Fram is training with the guy who just beat him and who, who already made that read, whose camp already made that read, Cody Brendage, same camp as Josh Fram, to push a pace, except I believe that Josh Fram is much more equipped to push a pace from multiple ranges. Uh, long range, obviously, because he's long. But, again, he's got a, a bit of a wrestling background, not as accoladed as Brendage. But almost as willing, arguably, you know, whether he hurts guys or he's getting hurt, he'll still go for the takedown. Plus the small cage, plus the uh, encouragement to do so against a heavy hitter who wants to conserve his gas tank. Yeah, I like Josh Fremd here, and I think we got a discount on his line. He was open as high as minus 220, so when I saw him go down to minus 144, um, which I got in one house, but my official line is going to go out at minus 150. You guys know me. I always give the highest. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to Tinder hide it here. I'm not trying to lie about my size, uh, you know, as as, as, as those guys tend to do. I'm secure with myself. I'm secure with the number I got, uh, minus 150. Um, I went 1.5 unit to win one. And then I ended up uh, liking uh, friend by sub. Shout out to my guy, A.B. Aaron Bronstetter. I, I think he also likes that. I'll see if when, when I talk to him on our pre-show this week if he ended up pulling the trigger on that. Uh, I did. Friend by sub plus 800.33U. Um, so, yeah, uh, some, some decent exposure here. But against the guy who I should be rooting for, right, uh, my heart's with. But, again, I feel like Friend is actually pretty decent, man, watching him on LFA. And then, uh, yeah, I just I, I like this spot for him. Uh, I think this is a really tough fight for Gore. I think Gore got here too soon. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, Josh Fremd. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I should have uh, paired him up with uh, someone else for a who I'm looking to parlay, and I maybe can't. Maybe it would have made more sense to just expose a unit on both of them because I feel really good about that fighter when we get to it, but eh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to do it now because I'm already uh, exposed like a pervert, uh, you know, wearing a trench coat outside of a Sunday school. So we'll relax. Jesus, Dan, the hell of an analogy. Um, next fight, uh, opening the main card. That's right, 205, baby. You know, we had the Joe Silva fucking dark match, uh, you know, the Vandera Costa. And then, you know, and then we've got all the lightweight matches that should be leading in and opening the main card. Yeah, they're in the dark spot. Like, this is a fuck you, Joe Silva. Um, 
card formatting. Like, I, you know what I want to do if I had more time in my life to like actually do things? Uh, I would do like a gimmick where I would go. I, I should reformat every card for like the real, the real format, and like just to just to shit on the, <laughs> the matchmakers to show that you could still spread out talent or whatever, but you can just have a nice flow to a fucking card. Um, it's I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this card formatting. They just don't give a shit. I don't know. Uh, Jacoby minus one seventy five Roundtree plus one fifty. This is tough, man. Uh, my heart's always with Roundtree. I go back with him on the Rock and Java days. Met him back on his 300-pound days when we were in the mosh pit. Um, I had long hair, and I looked like a Native American. And uh, Khalil was 300 pounds, uh, smoking cigarettes. Uh, it, was, it was good times. And yeah, uh, I was straight edge. And now uh, I, I guarantee he doesn't smoke cigarettes, and neither do I, but, you know, one of us is smoking something. Probably me, you find outside around the corner. Anyways, point is... Uh, gonna be rooting for Roundtree here, uh, and uh, but uh, I'm picking Jacoby. I this is uh, along with Griffin and Means. This is a, this is one of the one of the two fights that I have yet to tape on the main card. I wasn't really looking forward to betting those fights, so that's probably a reason why. And again, I'm I'm probably gonna end up picking against the guy that I actually like and or know. So it's, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I'm trying to correct and overcorrect this wheel of bias because these fights. Um, as you've seen with my extreme couture picks, I've been terrible, whether I'm betting on them or not. So, uh, yeah, maybe just don't listen to me on any of these. But, yeah, you guys know me. I've been a big Jacoby guy. He's been a big money train for me. Um, and uh, I want to look at his southpaw record because, uh, yeah, that was one. I can kind of calculate it right now for you guys live on the spot um, and tell you this thing's a spot check that I haven't yet, which I will to get an official out there, but uh, it, it's crafty, right? Because he had two stints, then he fought UFC-level guys like John Salter, the Salter dog, Salter dog, who is a grappler, uh, lost that. Uh, Chris Camozzi is not a grappler, although he lost that by, uh, you know, guillotine choke um, a decade ago. Of course, Chris Camozzi, after that, became a training partner, so he's 0-2. I don't think Clifford Starks is a southpaw, but he lost to him by unanimous decision at Penn Silva. So that's the one I have to go look at. Um, but I think he's one and two. Uh, because, yeah, David Branch, Sanchez, Tim Williams, none of those guys are southpaws, dedicated ones. Salter, he loses to in 2015. Cody East, I'm pretty sure, is maybe a switch stance fighter, but probably orthodox. So probably not, but I got to go double check that. He beat Cody East by decision. Ledette, of course, uh, orthodox. Uh, Grishin, orthodox. Uh, Ewan Orthodox, Stuart Orthodox, John Allen, I'm pretty sure is Orthodox. Uh, Mikhail Oleksajic, I'm going to go back and watch because it's relevant. And he was a southpaw. And uh, Jacoby beat him. So uh, definitely got to go watch that. Not for the MMA math because, of course, Roundtree lost to Oleksajic. And then he knocked out uh, Da Eun Jung. Uh, whereas uh, Roundtree, you never know what you're going to get with Roundtree, which is fair to say. You can get Bangkok Ready Roundtree, you can get Low Stance Roberson Roundtree. Uh, which we had last time. You can get uh, Sweep the Knee Roundtree against uh, Modest Bukaki, uh, Modestus Bukowskis. Uh, I think shot to the MMA analysis. I think that's one of their nicknames there. You know me. Uh, one of the few who was always given credit where it is a do. Uh, but yeah, I I'm going to lean toward Jacoby. Check my main card, quick picks and prognostications. As I check uh, the chat cleanup here before we push through to the main the main cad and uh, get out of here hopefully before the hour and a half mark. Um, 
Jimmy Kudo, do you consider Muay Thai a form of mixed martial arts? I mean, no, I consider Muay Thai Muay Thai. I mean, if you have a clever argument, I mean, I guess I'd be open for it, but yeah. I'm neither here nor there. Is that a trick question? Just kidding. Um, Ghost Phantom, is Arnold Allen the only fighter to get stank uh, that can get stank on his lead outside low kick from a southpaw stance? Um... Cannoneer does it really well. Um, if you look at that Whitaker fight, uh, off the top of my head, but yeah, 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 Allen's gotten a lot better with his kicks, um, and and playing off the the body kicks and stuff, and uh, I think that could be a really good part of his game. Something to watch for, because um, he should be kicking more. Shout out to that leg kick actually, because he should be kicking, especially leg kicks more toward uh, Cater, as we've seen in the past, right? Not that Cater is not aware of that. His camps more more than well aware. They have worked on checks, but. He does jab a lot, so something that could just be there inherently, right? So, um, yeah, Jerry Harper, man, I was hoping someone was gonna give me a line on your fight. Shoot, yeah, I know, right? That would have been cool. I could, if it was like super degenerate, like if there's a sub line, it's like, okay, I'm definitely going for that. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see here, um, James Kendrick, what makes you angry? One. People who can't keep the same energy about ignoring Asian hates but promote BLM. Uh, I've seen that either too much really lately. Two scoring non-leveraging shots to a fighter who's been who has a back ticket. Oh, for sure, number two. Um, I uh, oh, I just saw something recently. That's my guy, Southpaw Sam. Uh, I I just want to see. Uh, um, some I, I like seeing unity from everybody. We all should be un unity, obviously. But some of my favorite unity is, you know, as an Asian kid who, uh, you know, at one point, you know, just just, you know, not in a, a black neighborhood, but like there, you know, uh, I was predominantly hanging out with a lot of black people and this and that, and I was just I, I stuck out like a, a sore damn thumb. Uh, so believe me, uh, if anybody appreciates a Asian and black solidarity, it's me. I love it. I love it. And shouts to my guy Southpaw Sam, who actually um, talked about uh, talked about that um, as far as his karate punch article and parlaying it with uh, giving shouts to a black martial artist, uh, a notable one. I don't have the name off the top of my head, but go follow um, Liberation MA and uh, Southpaw Martial Arts. Subscribe to them. Um, oh, my pleasure, Dan. Oh, thank you. I saw that one already. Yes, sir. Get a couple more. Ah, Alvin Yakutori. Outliers are those that have been given opportunities and those who have had the strength and presence and mind to seize them. That's right. And I have to try to keep the strength and presence mind, you know, to seize my opportunities. And instead of talking about my bad luck, I'll talk about the good luck that I had of not getting crushed by a beam and not having my dog crushed by a beam. That would have been, God. That would have that would have been been terrible. So yeah, let's let's focus on the positives. Um, Jerry Harper says personally, I personally think watching tape is important because I learned from the best. Dan Tom, thank you. I don't know about that, but uh, thank you. Uh, but I know some good cappers out there that abstain completely from tape and they do just fine. Yeah, that's another annoying part. You know, they can do that and just uh, pass with flying colors. Um, but you know, and it's like maybe I would try that, but. I made my niche and have a job where I actually have to write, publish, put my name next to written words, showing my work, 
talking about my work, doing videos about my work, literally all three of the major mediums week in, week out. So it's kind of hard for me to do that, right? And I don't know what I would be offering you. I'd really have to be depending on my luck at that point. And as I've told you guys, I've tried not to talk about this, but as we've seen now, the cat's out of the bag for those of you following along. Again, part of the reason why I betted so long off the record before I even started doing this stuff, what, seven years ago, eight years ago now, um, even longer than that was because I just, I don't have, I'm very grateful for my lot in life, but certain things that I have bad luck on. Um, as you can see, repairs with the house, uh, handyman, right? This is the first time I went to go actually go and do a pros and not use family friends. And then I ended up running into old family friends, which is fine because I'm not doing well financially and they were able to give me a nice deal. But then the roof collapses and I almost die. Uh, food. Food orders, it's just a constant thing. It's just a constant, constant thing. And yes, yes, close decisions in this game. So uh, with the gambling games, when I, when, I put heavy, when, I, when I invest heavily in this. So um, yeah, that's just, it's just what it is. So I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. So I have to, many reasons I have to do the work. It sucks, but I have to. I'm trying to be smarter about it. Doesn't mean I have to get crazy. And I have shortened the work. I'm not watching every fight from every fighter like I tried to do before. But, yeah. Uh, Makatu Kayogoku, don't worry, Dan and Ghost about analysis. You guys are almost always correct. Way better than the MMA YouTubers that have wrong analysis but right picks. Yes, but I, I, I would rather have the right picks in the bank account. But you're right, yes. Although, believe me, I would much rather have... Yeah, I would much rather have the opposite than calling out stuff nobody does week after week and just being frustrated, being proven right, and not having the wallet the right picks or the recognition that others get you know but hey i do appreciate that though. i'm not trying to shit on you you're i'm just i'm just being a shithead don't listen to me that was positive thank you for contributing to that you're awesome makato kayogoku says or worse situations those who make excuses about having good analysis despite being uh wrong even though the analysis was completely wrong yeah there's always that too i definitely don't want to fall into that category which is why well, I try to move on and turn the page whether I'm right or wrong as best I can, but there's just some things I can't help but say because no one, not no one, but almost no one else is really saying it as you guys know. So thank you for stopping here and hopefully it's at least helping y'all. Eric Betts fights. Connor Rebush rules. He does. The MMA vivisection with Connor and Zane Simon provides some of the deepest and most intriguing analysis out there. I agree. Shouts to Connor and Zane. I love both those guys. There's a reason why they're repeat guests and uh, I will have them on again. Um, again, all, 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 all all love here, and uh, I'm never, never shy to give give shouts out. So, and those to those guys in particular. Uh, pressure and body work melts people. That's right, baby. That's right. As a fan of Jack Slack, Ghost, and Dan Tom, I also love the body work. Preach, preach. And uh, lastly, before I move on here and knock out the prelims, James Kendrick, I have been converted from a fan of headhunters to attrition fighters who play the long game. That's right, man. It deserves more credit. Now, again, from a scoring criteria. Um, you can lose the round while still doing things to win things in a fight. Uh, that's an unfortunate truth for us. So being aware of that, yes, but absolutely. That is where my um, my bias lies. And yes, where we go. Don't forget to hit that like, everybody. Hashtag get Dan Tom to 2K. Appreciate that, Eric Betts Fights. And Eric Betts Fights is another like and subscribe for his channel, by the way. Uh, following, going to the prelims now, we've got... Uh, Phil Hawks, minus 175. Roman Delizze, minus, plus 150. Uh, again, this is tough. You know, Delizze, I don't know if my guy Nixick will be in his corner. 
it looks like uh, he worked in Georgia and then kind of worked with the Drysdale faction with um, uh, Romanoff and um, Misha Serkinov. Um, I'm sure he still pops in XC a bit, maybe for sparring. Who knows? Uh, he's definitely dangerous in live here, so I'm probably going to pick Hawes. Again, look at Dan Tom MMA, but I'm not going to play him. Not just out of respect, but because the Leeds A can end this at any time. In fact, um, I'm looking for a kind of semi-conservative for a, a semi-anchor, as I tend to do for my round robins, because I may have uh, some higher plus numbers, uh, you know, a la Brad Tazchuk style. Uh, the man who taught me the trade. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know me. I like to throw my conservative bullshit in there. And I'm just trying to... It is not much conservative stuff to lean on, by the way. It's like uh, I either throw, you know, um, my guy uh, Park at 2-1, to one, who I can't figure out who to parlay with. Spoiler alert when we get to that, right? Uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm either looking at this fight doesn't go the distance. Haas Delice doesn't go at, like, minus 147 or uh, the over 4.5 in Cater Allen. Uh, for a little better price at minus 135, you know. Uh, we'll see if I go with either of those, but those are in the front runner. Not saying I'm pulling on the trigger, and you need to go pull the trigger. Don't do I'm just saying that's where I'm probably leading. You got to wait till fight day at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter to see where I land for sure. For certainly. Uh, boy, did I go back and forth on this one. Was I tempted to sadness hedge uh, with Marco Sagerio de Lima? Uh, flow rider minus 245 against Arlovsky plus 205. Uh, of course, he looks like Flow Rider. Welcome to my house. We don't even know. Fall into submission. That's who he looks like. Of course, uh, Delima, uh, who just like is is this tough? It's like they're, they're fucking with me in this card. Like when I I I didn't see this card till yesterday because I, I I'm so late in tunnel vision. I don't look at these cards ahead of time. Um, and I was like, holy crap, they're putting one of my, fi like, by the, like, people like, oh, BJ Penn was your, the guy got you in MMA, right? Like, no, actually, my first favorite fighter is worse. I was a tough noob. And um, even before that, right around being a tough noob, uh, I was getting into the very first, like, Raquel Leah, you know, UFC things. They went to the Orlovsky, where he had steak and eggs. And, like, I, I remember watching, you know, speaking of submission, which I, I, it's, it's fucked up because that's usually my auto bet is I always fade to Lima by submission because he just puts his head there, you know. And, uh, we saw him even try to do it last time against Blagoy. I like boing, even off, right? Till Goddard, of course, separates him, which he usually doesn't do. But, like, that was just like he had his neck. But, of course, again, Dan Tom was on round three in submission. And, uh, you know, anyways, not that he would have got it, but it just was a classic, like, come on. I like Mark Goddard. A lot of respect for Mark Goddard, by the way. Excellent official. Um, so I'm not trying to shit on him there, but it was just even more so. It was just like, of course, it was a really good official that does that um, when I got the Z-Bet. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah. so it it's it fucked up. Uh, Arlovsky was one of my first favorite fighters, folks. Arlovsky and Kenny Florian was what I was trying to say. It was just really crazy, you know. Uh, but, yeah, a huge, a huge Arlovsky fan, yeah. And when he got his last submission against uh, Tim Sylvie in 2005, like, I remember, like, I was uh, at a, uh, a work party, construction party, at, like, the Paris Hotel. And uh, I remember, like, uh, kind of keeping my on my phone because I wanted to go back. And uh, I think I got too drunk to catch it. Um, or was I... Sh no, I wasn't straight edge back then. 
yeah, I probably got too drunk to catch it. Uh, and uh, I remember like uh, buying the pay per view and like watching it in the morning with like with with some breakfast, you know. Uh, we had like a really good deal on the room or something, practically free. So I was like, ah, it was like one of the few and only times in my life I ever splurged on room service. Uh, and I got some like waffles, I remember, and I watched Arlovsky uh, submit Tim Sylvia. Um, and uh, yeah, um, was it 2004, 2005? I don't know, something, something like that. But uh, yeah, um, but that, that that's how long it's been. Because before that was Aaron Brink, and then you got to go like back to like his first MMA fight or whatever in the 90s and shit when I was in like junior high school. I was in junior high, dickhead. Um, just like Saigon, a slick. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a. Uh, um, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Believe me, I was tempted, but like, I'm not. I'm only seeing like plus one thousand to plus fourteen hundred, and even the opener was low at plus nineteen hundred for Arlovsky to get a submission, even though against a guy like Delima, um, I wanted to see it in like the plus two thousand range. If we were getting, you know, Chukagian, you know, for plus twenty five hundred for a sub, like I want Orlovsky in that same range, um, which it wasn't to be true. And to be honest, it sucks because. I'm looking at like the speed differential and the way Delima counters and comes forward and the way Orlovsky he does roll with stuff. So like a lot of the stuff that, you know, was getting again, it was it was big punch make a lot of noise, but Orlovsky was either blocking, rolling, hitting shoulders, grazing, rolling with it, moving with it, and hitting a little bit of counters in between and you know, and Anik, to compliment him again, because as he does, will balance it out and was trying to balance out the narrative, but the commentary got real big on um, Collier's headhunting when, you know, like, and, and even, like, citing, like, oh, he's hurt. Oh, I think it hurt Orlovsky's nose, which is silly because Orlovsky's had that nose. He came in with the nose that way. And I remember watching live going, fuck, man, like, it's the apex, so it's not that loud. So do the judges hear that? And obviously, now all our MMA decision scores, because they all reflect the fucking broadcast, because nobody in the building is submitting to these MMA decisions, something you all need to keep in mind. Because again, the only person who says these things, they coincidentally line up. How many times can it be a coincidence? I know I'm, I'm, I am on the wrong side usually of all these, but like it's not a coincidence. It all comes down to this shit. Um, and immediately right there, I was like, okay, here, here we're going to go. It's going to be robbery talk or whatever, because, um, you know, you, and I love Bisping. Bisping's great, but you got the you know, Bisping in commentaries, you know, talking, just going off about this, this head damage. That's just not there. He's, he came in with that damage and he's, he's countering. It's not, Arlovsky's no selling all these strikes. And eventually they, they were like, oh, he's actually no selling it by the third round, but he, he's been no selling it the whole time. Um, it was a competitive round, but I gave Orlovsky the second. Now the third was was much, was much closer in my mind because even though Orlovsky's winning the majority of the exchanges, um, Collier easily lands some of his biggest strikes that you could, you know, uh, superimpose. Oh, did Orlovsky get hurt there? Like the one times it was actually appropriate was toward the end of the third round. Although I don't think he was hurt, but it just still it didn't look great because he got hit cleanly and then he gets taken down, which is bad optics. Even though there's nothing done with the takedown, but it looks bad optically after having shots land on you and having the commentary again in, incorrectly say this is a, this is something that they, they, they do. They, they admit themselves they're trying to be better about where you'll hear usually the color commentator going, oh, and he secures the close round with a takedown. Not true. We know that is not true, right? Um, but again, you know, uh, 
I don't want to do, make the same mistake and be only yard betters were upset and be reductive like that. But it, but again, you know, there, there was a lot of Collier betters um, that were upset, right? And I don't blame them because you had, um, I don't even know if you had the plus money, but yeah, you have a, a, a good argument to, to win the fight, you know? And then again, it's a close fight, a competitive fight. I'm nervous about using those words because people get so pissed when you use close or competitive or anything like that. Like, we, you know, I always talk about Cruz getting torched for his call of McGregor and Khabib when, okay, maybe he could have worded it better, but, like, it's not the craziest thing to tire somebody out and come on late. Like, we see that happen all the time, but it was the way Cruz worded it and everybody, because we love being right and shitting on other people, it's our culture now, um, through social media and otherwise, we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, his plan was to get beat up by Khabib just so he could... You could win round three by a narrow margin, right, Cruz? Yeah. And it's like, no, that's what was happening. Khabib did, you know, slow down round three. And, you know, I was wrong by taking a flyer on Connor in that fight. Absolutely. But one of the things I was highlighting in my analysis was that Khabib was, takes takes off round three when it gets there. You know, um, Barbosa landing the spin kicks by getting torched, you know, in round three. Boom. Uh, and I forget there were some other examples. It's been so long since I've had to break this down. But there are examples of Khabib not doing as well in round three. And I said something to look out for. And sure enough, McGregor made it around to round three. And Khabib took the time to recruit. Now, it didn't ultimately matter in the fight. But that's still a fact. It happened. It's happened in Khabib fights before. We have seen fights change on that dynamic all the fucking time at all levels. Why do so many of us, and people I respect too, do it all the time. They always pull up that example to shit on Dominic Cruz for all the things we could shit on Dominic Cruz for. We pull up that example. You know, it's just, it's just I don't even forget what the fuck I was even talking about at this point. Sorry, folks, I'm, I'm on lack of sleep here. But yeah, it's just, it's it's one of those, it's it's just one of those things people just hang on to or whatever. Uh, but yeah, back to Arlovsky, Rogerio, DeLima. But yes, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, late takedown, incorrect, right? Um, I, I scored it rounds two and three for Arlovsky. Um, so, but I will, but that being said, you know what? If you guys want to say, Dan Tom, you all see now, there's a close decision. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. The guy I literally been a fan of rooting and backing for almost 20 years now, who has been on the wrong end of decisions uh, way more than he's been on the right end who has been knocked silly, how many close decisions, the Taitui Vasa one I always reference, all these things throughout his career uh, have I been on the wrong side of. And 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 the thing that I always preach about counters, body work, leg work, um, you know, just takedowns but not doing anything with it, stuff that is conjunction with the criteria as well as things that I constantly harp on. Oh, I was on the right side of that for once? Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. You got me. I guess I got that one. And I got to go back to watch the tape, but uh, I don't know. I don't think I was too heavily exposed on Arlovsky either. I think I was scared because I was I was scared off of my luck um, after the Vandera fight, which, you know, was not close. It came off as a split, but that was not close. Um, That was that really bad judge that night, the rocket scientist guy who was a little rocket scientist and like had gave out some of the worst scorecards ever. And that was one of those fights. So maybe I let the talk of the gambling community, because of course it was only the gambling community that was complaining about that one. Not to be reductive about people, because people, there's plenty of people doing that with, 
with the with the Yano O'Malley one and just kind of just you know being reductive off that end. But uh, but yeah, I, I think I got scared off, so I don't even think I cashed too big off of it either. So I believe me, I ain't victory laughing. Believe me, I know I sympathize with you, call your betters there, because I, if anybody knows what it's like to be come up short in those spots, it's fucking this guy. It's fucking this guy. All right. Everybody wants to be the best at this or the best at that or have the biggest ROI. Or it's like, no, 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 no. I never cared about that. But I found one title I do care about, that, guys. If I'm going to eat, continually eat the shit on, on, on all these bad non-stoppages or non-missed calls or bugs or whatever, I, I, I want that title because uh, I definitely lead my contemporaries, I believe, in that, in that department. So, um, But yeah, I think that... Uh, I'm all over the place. I think that Delima. Um, I was gonna have sadness edge because I think he can get the knockout here early. Um, but I also think that this could be the spot where you know they say Arlovsky's due for a finish since 2015. Travis Brown. Like I think this is the spot. He doesn't push the pace for a finish, uh, and Delima's cardio um, and his skills have improved. But he still has that demon there that that, may, that asks him to quit and. Although these guys know each other's weaknesses, I feel like everybody knows Arlovsky's weaknesses. What you don't have to be come from the same camp like these guys do, which is an interesting dynamic here, folks. American Top Team, um, for you to know how to beat Arlovsky, that he starts slow, you got to come at him fast, right? And Delima, majority of his victories round one, or he usually doesn't win. Um, but uh, I got to imagine it's more useful for Arlovsky because he's the OG. He's the one that's going to get respect. If anybody's getting inside information on how to beat the other guy, it's Arlovsky, right? Anybody's getting respect in that room, it's Arlovsky, right? Uh, if they did spar, I bet you Arlovsky is getting the better of it, you know, the veteran. But, as we've seen, you know, I always reference the Mike Pyle, Matt Brown, um, the veteran who beats the guy up in the training room can often get smoked when it goes into the live show because what happens in the training room doesn't happen. So there's, there's just a lot of weird stuff about this fight, and I, I can't get Arlovsky. Um, it's too dangerous. As much as I'm crediting the roles and I just defended it, I think it's uh, arguably too dangerous to do uh, against uh, Flo Rida, DeLima. So I was going to pick DeLima round one knockout here and just stay away, folks, and just sadness hedge and hope Arlovsky comes through. But I can't do that, man. You can't put my first OG favorite, one of my favorite guys to bet, who's always getting discounted against my favorite guy, who I like to be the gambler and fade disrespectfully, like the one guy I get that attitude and indignancy about. You know, welcome to my house, fall into submission, right? You can't do that to me, no. So here's what I did, folks. Between that and then Orlovsky just getting up to over two to one, which was just, at that point, minus 190, plus 195 and below, I'm not gonna jump on even, you know, maybe not. But now you're going over plus two to one. I, I, how are you gonna, you, this is a, this, is like, you know, it's like the Yogi Bear, the, the sheriff. It's like he, he has the picnic basket specifically for Yogi Bear. Like, this is that version if you wanted to trap Dan Tom. Like, all that's missing is, like, for Arlovsky to be a southpaw here. And, like, you would just attract the Dan Tom. Like, what's going on here? Whoa, I can't keep my greasy fingers off it. So what I did here is I played Arlovsky plus 205 at half a unit. And I played the under, which I was surprised to see at plus money because the fight is favored to go to decision, yet the guy who can't be trusted to win a decision is going to be against the guy who can't seemingly lose the decisions lately, right? That doesn't make any sense. So I played the under, which covers most likely path 
which is where my analysis was honestly leading me toward. I can't get this vision of a Orlovsky getting knocked out in round one. So if he does do that, right? If he does lose in round one or or even in round two, where where, where Delima has a little, still has a little more pop as he gets in a heavyweight and a little, you know, builds on his skills a bit. Um, we still cash. Uh, you know, not a lot. We just kind of make up for the half unit and then get what seven seven to nine ducats extra just so we can technically claim profit on the and move on okay fine but here's where it gets interesting if Orlovsky does it and he gets the submission or he gets the knockout right he gets that late round some uh finish um that he's due for then it's a big night right because we cash both the under and Orlovsky uh whereas if Orlovsky wins by decision and we eat the under okay you know, we, we, we give, uh, you know, we give a, a half unit back to cover for the half unit we spent on the under, but we still pocket a half unit and then some, right? So that's how I'm looking at it. It's not a very high reward, but it's also not a very low. It's not a very high risk either. The only thing that would kill us here is a dilemma by decision victory, which could happen in the most bullshit and Dan Tom of ways where, again, Maybe Arlovsky actually is slipping and rolling, and then this time they go, but they just they can't they can't ignore the big athletic swing, big punch, big noise, and then you know we're in the apex, and you know maybe maybe they hear the commentary and, and the crowd being fooled, going big shiny things, and they miss the actual counters and shit, and actual impactful strikes that are landing. So, you know, it, it, we're definitely going to be set up for some heartbreak here. So I, 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 But I still played it, and I, I played it conservatively. That's my plan of attack. Um, we'll try to go fast on the rest. Jong Young Park, minus 215. Joseph Holmes also watched some tape on this. Watched some Joseph Holmes. Uh, yeah, Joseph Holmes, just I don't know about his gas tank um, or his process uh, or both those things. Uh, you know, at least one of those things I think are going to kind of weigh him down if it gets out of round one. So basically, so long as Jong Young Park doesn't running right into a, a flush knee when he shoots or dips and or doesn't get clipped by something that leads to like a club and sub, which could happen. I think Park rolls here. I think he's a great parlay piece. He's going to be a popular parlay piece. He's one of the f more obvious ones, which, which makes me surprised that he's not getting juiced higher, which in turn makes me even more scared that he could be a potential shitter, if you know what I'm saying, right? Uh... Taking the dump on the P parlay. Uh, and it's just like, you know, do I parlay him with another guy that I'm exposed to who I think can win and you wouldn't still get plus money? You'd have to parlay him to a third, uh, which would bring, you know, Fremd into the equation, but I'm already exposed on him. So it's like, what the heck do I do with Park? Do I just throw him at the minus 200 price since I don't want to, you know, I'm already pushing my limit. I don't want to do a, a 2.5 unit play just to win one. And You know what I'm saying? And then even risk one unit, pairing them up with anybody else that I'm already overexposed to, to risk potentially more. And then that forces me into putting one with somebody that I'm not exposed to, but it's not really a confident leg that I should really be exposing myself. And I'm wasting a good parlay leg and a good unit in turn, if that made sense. So um, unless something like hits me in my cleanup tape study for the main card and such and the rest of the card, um, Jong Young Park remains parlayless. So uh, if... If that's the case, maybe I do put him in there for the safety spot, right? Um, but maybe not because I do want to put him in there um, for the one thing I did play on him in my uh, round robin. So maybe that won't work actually because I played Park round three plus 1423. 
and that's at uh, the house that lets me round robin, so I'll be round robbing it for a very similar price, if not the same. Uh, 0.17, you know how it goes. Um, and that returns a pretty penny if it hits. Uh, again, I, I don't know how he's going to do it. You know, the odds are like plus 600 for submission, plus 600 for TKO for a park, because they want you to choose, Parker. You have to choose. Um, and I don't want to choose, Park. Oh, that's going to be the meme, because it's not Parker. It's it's choose Park, right? Choose. Um, sorry. Um, yes, we get it, Dan. Stop. Um <laughs> So I just played park round three, and I was going to put that also, I played that straight up, and then I was also going to put that in the round robin with um, friend by sub um, at plus 800, um, and um, possibly Chase Hooper by submission at plus 165. Chase Hooper, of course, minus 295. Steve Garcia plus 245. Um, opposite side on some of the people I respect, and like Steve Garcia... Cash big for me against Antiveros, but that was like a specific thing where just the, the guy crashes and burns. Uh, whereas Chase Hooper, you know, say what you will about him, say what he looks like, he he's tough. He will take a take a beating, fight for your money, even pull out a third round submission if he has to. And he's improving. He's improving his striking in game, but I like it that he's not like too worried about like trying to turn into a striker. Like he knows what his bread and butter is, and he's trying to facilitate that. So. Um, you know, so his wrestling is getting better and stuff like that. You know, uh, you could see him as a, you know, the poor man's, uh, you know, like a poor man's Chucky Olives in there who just starts off just with no tools and looks like he's about to fall apart. You know, Darren to the Elkins fight where he's just like gangly, looks like his bones are about to snap. Then all of a sudden he starts getting strong in the body lock. His his, his striking starts coming together. Um, you know, not putting that high projections on Chase Hooper, obviously. I'm just saying, uh, as far as a uh, type stylistic type or, or, or so to build on to. Um, the kid's super young, so he's going to have the fight-to-fight improvements, whereas Steve Garcia is, is kind of a meathead, you know. Uh, I said that even when I was backing him, and I mean that as a compliment. You know, it's, you know, you need that in a fighter, but, uh, you know, trains out of Jackson Wink. Don't know what tactics and stuff he's going to be getting there as far as improvements. You know, he's got some kicks and stuff that he can throw really hard but out of the southpaw stance. But the one striking specialty training that Shea Super did was a long guy who knows how to throw kicks and strikes from the southpaw stance with a lot of strikers who do the same. Uh, of course, upstate karate there in South Carolina with Stephen Thompson. Uh, Chase Super making the trek out there amongst his training treks that he has been making to improve his game. Uh, UFC, obviously, he's the favorite son here, so they're going to set him up to win. And I see why this is a... A good stylistic fight for him because Steve Garcia will have your fight, whether it's a striking fight in which he's been rocked plenty, um, or grappling. Uh, I think this will look like Luis Pena fight where he just couldn't stop giving his back. He couldn't stop engaging grappling. He couldn't stop giving his back once engaging the grappling. And that Chase Hooper is, is a wrong kind of guy to do that with. Chase Hooper will find his way on top from bottom. He is an active scrambler and he is much more uh, poised to finish. Um, and, and he he knows. He has more tools and at least swims in the right direction, whereas like Luis Pena, you don't know what the hell that guy's thinking. He's kind of spacing out, right? Um, and he was just more than happy to backpack, uh, which Hooper could do as well, but you see him. Hooper goes from backpack to mount if he can't get a choke, and we'll just elbow the shit out of you, and we'll go and make you give the choke. He'll do the opposite. He actually strikes to his submissions, which is really smart, uh, instead of just going for submissions, even though he has that style and willingness to put himself out of position that it parlays into it, and he can do it. But he's smart, and he's always putting in the striking when he can. He's prioritizing that. Again, um, 
I really like that going back. And I actually went back to watch a lot of these guys' fights, uh, their whole UFC catalogs each, as well as outside of the UFC and Contender Series. Um, and yeah, Steve Garcia just always gives his fight. Uh, he always gets rocked in the first round. Hooper's not a crazy strong striker, but um, when you have two tall guys and two southpaws, uh, you're guaranteed to have a fight where people get hurt. And Steve Garcia, although is the better striker and more dangerous striker on paper, he's also the more potent of the two to get hurt, right? So how does that work out, especially with a guy, again, said fight-to-fight improvements? Um, he's worried about the grappling, so you know there's that there too. And Steve Garcia, who I don't know how he made Bantamweight, where he got some of his best wins, like Ronnie Lawrence, Sean Bunch, big upset there back in the day in Bellator. Um... He was just like a big weight bully, right? Like he should—he's six foot. He should not have been at that weight. I don't know how he was making it, and he starts to miss that weight as well as forty-five, even outside the UFC. Um, I think the only fe- fight at featherweight he won was a fight. It wasn't even at featherweight. It was like a catchweight at one forty, under the Jackson Wink promotion against some no-name guy on the regional scene a while ago, right? So it's like, what the hell happened there? Was this was when he was still kind of coming from 135. Was it supposed to be a 135 fight? They made it a catchweight. They called it a featherweight fight. So he wouldn't lose. And that's the only fight at featherweight that he's won. Oh, what about Chepe Mariscal? Well, he lost. He missed weight for that as he's missed weight for his last two fights, I believe, uh, uh, below 155. Um, And if you look at that fight, like Chepe Mariscal, he gets rocked a bunch of times and maybe could have gone on to lose a decision if Garcia could have kept it up. Who knows? You can't. You can't you can't pretend you know how a fight's gonna go, but it was a really bad stoppage. Like Ron Kruk and guys who usually don't stay real professional were like, "Wow, that you know that was a that was a really horrendous stoppage." Um, if you actually go back and look at that fight, so it was a bad. Yeah, he rocked him a bunch of times, but he missed weight, and it was a, a horrific stoppage. So um, you got to give him credit, but do you really got to give him full credit? It's, it could be it could be argued there, right? Um, so yeah, like those are the fights that he's won at 145 and only one of the fights he's actually made weight for. There was another fight too that he missed weight for at 145. Uh, but yeah, he's in, and, and now he, after 55 and not being the bigger guy, he's like, I want to go back to being the bigger guy, but there's no way in hell he can make 35. So he's going to try to make 45 again, even though he's missed it the last two times he's tried to make the weight class. So what do you think his focus is it on? Is it on improving his grappling or his skill set that hasn't made huge jumps as far as what I've seen? Or is it probably on um, the what focuses on cutting weight? Probably that. So for that reason, you would think hit the round three well again with Chase Super. But if you look at it again, whether if you just counted the times that Steve Garcia has been rocked or finished, it pretty much all comes in round one. A majority of Chase Hooper's finishes come in round one. I believe five round one finishes. That number doubles to 10 if you count his amateur career, which is all round one submissions. So I play Chase Hooper by submission at plus 165 at three quarter units. Uh, I'm only going to expose, uh, I don't know how much I can sleep with myself exposing more than a unit on this fight or on this on this kid. So I added a quarter unit because again, um, you know, one of the, one of the few mem- media members actually actually bets their their picks, keeps that same energy. Uh, Got to keep that same energy here through the quarter unit on my prop squad submission, which you'll see the action network. Um, at least my contribution to it. Got to go see what everybody else is on. Peep peep that article. Uh, round one sub plus four fifty a quarter unit. Um, I put on that. So if he doesn't get the sub, 
or wins by decision, I get nothing, nothing. Um, but yeah, uh, small cage, Steve Garcia, aggression, falling out of position, whether he's striking or initiating the grappling himself, he gives these things up all the time. Um, we're going to have plenty of chances. Yeah, maybe it's a heartbreak. We don't get it. I guarantee you there's going to be plenty of times where it's right there. And I know it's not a winning ticket. It'll be classic Dan Tom losing. But at least the analysis will be right. Uh, all right, moving on to the next fight. Uh, get the, uh, Carlos Moda, minus 170. Cody Durden, plus 145. Oh, I lied. Wow, okay. I guess I am picking another underdog here. Uh, but again, I think I'm picking like three underdogs total. And, and, and two of them opened as the favorite, including Co Cody Durden. Uh, I didn't play it, and I probably won't. It's more just, I know Moda's uh, LFA champ. I haven't really gotten to go refresh. And Durden, I know he's not a popular cat for many reasons, but he has a full camp. He's got some real skills. So uh, I may change it, but but as of right now, I'm picking Durden. Probably won't play it, even if I stay on the pick. Christian Rodriguez, minus 380. Joshua Weems, who missed weight, plus 310. Taking Rodriguez here. Uh, didn't tape this fight. Not looking to bet it. So, nothing major there for me. Oh, 143. Wow. Short episode, huh, Dan? You dummy. Uh, all right, I'm going to clean up the chat and we'll get out of here. Jerry Harper. I think Alan is going to look to grapple a little. I think that would be smart, but I also suspect that would tax his gas tank. If the suspicions we're seeing, if he's really pushing it to the limit already with his gas tank, I think grappling will only tire him out more. Um, whereas, uh, I don't think he can um, finish Cater from there. Or even really backpack him for a round. So I really don't know. I, I think it'll be a, a waste of time and a waste of energy. Um, but that doesn't mean it won't happen, right? Uh, Jerry, uh, big gun by clear ten units. Nice, good on him, man. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, uh, some of the homies were uh, were cashing. Uh, I sure as shit wasn't. I was. I, 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 I did opposite of big gun, man. I, I lost uh, over ten. Um, because that's uh, how it goes with 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 me. Jimmy Kudo, Dan, are you a fan of faking the low kick then changing into a front kick to the body? Um, yeah, actually, there's a I, I like going uh faking low kick, uh orthodox, and when they get when they raise their leg to check if they're doing check leg lasers, I'll fake a, I'll sell a low kick hard, and then I'll come with a change up to a left liver kick. Um, if they are checking or lifting their foot as they back away off the low kick and they're like just stepping out of a range, right? Then um, I do what you do, except it's more like I explain it like Machida style where I, I do it, chain it with a skipping front kick because it parlays into a motion of a hard sell of an orthodox low kick, right? And the other orthodox fighter lifts their lead leg and kind of goes backwards a little bit just out of a range of a change of a direction kick or a follow-up punch. So the leg kick will come up, and as the knee comes up, it sets back down for a counterbalance and a skip as I skip forward and front kick with the left leg. So fake to raise up to throw with the right leg and come down with that leg to gain distance, and it turns into a skipping motion that propels you forward um, with a front kick that lands straight up the middle. So um, you cover a lot of ground, and uh, if they're on one leg, um, you can come right up the middle to blast them off balance. Haven't seen it done, but it's there. Um, Makato Kayogoku, is this card good? Because there's not truly really many mismatches. Um, it's, it's not good, but it's you know, there's some there, there there there's there's fighters that I that I love on here at least you know Tim Means and Andre Arlovsky, so I'll take that. 
Zaochiu, what do you think of the idea if a fighter only has um, one good aspect of their game that people should not engage in? For example, did you know Carla Esparza, despite her wrestling accolades, only has 47% takedown defense? Has been taken down the likes of stars, but people seem to keep calling her wrestling elite. Yeah, you know, definitely. There are definitely uh, cheeky avenues that you can look at, which is why doing the time putting the analysis is good, um, or having someone uh, do that in the camp is good. Uh, but I don't think it's wrong for Carla to get that distinction just because, like, heavyweight, um, you know, I, I don't think Blaze is terrible taking down defense, but, you know, if, if that hole were to be exposed and he were to share a similar stat, none of us should be a surprise because it's just one of those things where it's a division with, that's kind of devoid of dominant wrestlers for whatever reason. So uh, for that reason, Carla, someone who actually uses the wrestling, who actually wrestled with the singlet, um, it's an actual hallmark of their style. Like, yeah, she deserves that credit. Uh, elite, yeah, I mean, the, the descriptor, how we're using it, in what context can certainly be argued. I'm, I'm definitely not going to die on a hill for that. But, yeah, she deserves credit. as the You hear her get that credit as a wrestler because of the context of the lack of wrestlers more than anything. And your point is absolutely true. Something to look for. Goes to take a page out of uh, Alvin's book. I hope all your picks and plays do well as well. Wishing all the combatants a good performance. Thank you so much, and I hope everybody is healthy regardless of how we do. Uh, Yuna Lee Park. Hi, Dan. Love your analysis on Junkie. Thank you. That really means a lot. I, I really appreciate the love um, for stuff on Junkie. When you guys interact with those articles or share, uh, or especially when Junkie or you know bosses and stuff are tagged, it's like, oh, it means the world because my stuff does not do well. And, um, and uh, my articles aren't don't do well, and... Uh, you know, um, you don't exactly see me, you know, invited on panels or on things too much, which kind of hurts, kind of hurts my negotiation value, to be honest. So you guys even just commenting and helping support me um, and share my articles means a lot. Um, and let's junk, you know, I'm, I'm here. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I like Jacoby round three. Yeah, yeah, Jacoby round three. That could be a possibility, um, you know. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, Lee Park, one of the first articles I read was Zhang versus Andrade picks and plays, and that was the fight that got me into Zhang Whaley, inspired me to join a Muay Thai. That is awesome. Uh, are you still training? Hopefully that's going well, um, Yuna. That is that is awesome. Um, that is that is so cool to know. Uh, Rain Lamina, the Dan Tom of being the bomb. The Calvin Cater of making fun of the UFC roster. I don't, I don't know if I... It's that one. The Zhang Wei Li of speaking politely. I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good one, my man. Uh, Jerry Harper. Arlovsky could win by sub. He has that capability, but he won't. Yep, he will stand and bang and likely get KO'd. Great place to use that Sambo. Save what chin he has left. Yep, but not counting on it either, despite my um, half-hearted uh, still ride or dash play with him. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, didn't Steve Garcia just get flatlined by Mahashate? Yep, he did. And he, gets, he actually gets rocked in a lot of his fights um, in the first round. It's a very common theme, um, whether he's cutting weight or not, and he is as well. So uh, maybe fade him. Uh, that is me plan, as the betting community likes to say, right? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Dustin Love, uh, good, faith, good faith and thoughtful analysis. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> 
Great work as per usual, Dan. Glad I finally got to catch one live for once. Thank you. I appreciate it too. And I'm going to pound um, one of your turmerics right now as soon as I get off here, actually, because I am in a lot of pain. Um, thank you guys for live chat. Please uh, like and subscribe below if you haven't already. Daniel, Tom, and MMA, if you're listening in the future uh, on Apple Podcasts, where you can also like and subscribe to Protect Your Neck Podcast. It really helps. Like and subscribe at the PYM Podcast on all social feeds. It doesn't hurt, of course. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com supports this year free show for the Amazon click-throughs, which I didn't read through today, uh, as well as on it click-throughs. You just go and click through that. Again, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. It's in the link tree at DanTomMMA on Twitter, where I'm most active, although I've been very active, DanTom, with some underscores MMA in between uh, on, on Instagram as well. But yes, MixedMarshallAnalyst, toggle to the right. You click on it. You click Amazon. If you shop there, you do your normal shopping, and at no extra click, aside from that one extra click to go, through the click-through, well, part of your percentage of your sale gets kicked back to me at no extra cost to you. Helps support this year's show. If not, there is a secure PayPal link, both in the link tree at DanTomMMA on my Twitter, as well as in the same column and the homepage of MixedMarshallAnalyst.com that supports this year's show. Of course, a secure PayPal link, DanielTomMMA or DanTomMMA. Probably you can find me on there. Um, if you want to donate to the show straight up, I really haven't been pushing any of these too hard because I don't deserve it because my picks and plays have not been coming through. Um, it's been a, it's been a pretty rough year, uh, as far as that goes. Um, so just doing my best here to survive and stay alive. Uh, and, uh, hopefully uh, I can get paid and recognized by the people who count. So, uh, I can keep doing this, keep doing this for free and just keep doing this in general because I'm not going to lie, folks. It's been really, really freaking hard. Um, especially after this, this, this last week for, for, for many reasons and stuff, just having that, that letdown again, um, just all these letdowns, all these adverts. Nothing I'm not used to. Again, it's the reason why I will continue to root for people who have to go through the hard route. And when I do win, it's the reason why I don't get too high on my horse because I know what's around the corner. I know that not everybody is so fortunate. And I try to keep that same energy. And uh, say what you want about bad losers. Nothing is worse than a bad winner. Don't be a shitty winner. Be grateful if you if you, if you got some bounces your way. If you got your winning nights, good for you. Just be, just be grateful. Don't be an asshole. Don't, you know, I get it. We got to bump our chest out a bit, but don't, don't be an asshole about it, win or lose, folks. Uh, I wish you the best regardless, as I always do. Uh, going to recap my picks and plays here. Unilee Park, yes, I still train and wishing you well with your MMA journey. Thanks. I just want to get back to it at this point, so I'm not such a miserable F. But thank you, Unilee Park. You are awesome. I'm happy for you in starting your martial arts journey. Uh, I'm not that good still learning. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's the fact that you're doing in there, you are... Pardon my French, more of a badass than you realize, Unilee. And so are the rest of you who get in there. You get that real education. That's that's an education that uh, I respect greatly that not a lot of people get. Um, even people who work in this field don't get that education, Unilee. And you are out there doing the damn thing. So props to you. Props to the others. All right. Recapping plays. Oh, uh, real quick. Uh, Silver versus Paul. I, I, I don't give a shit. Um uh, I've never talked about that. I've never uh, tweeted. I don't like giving the privilege Pauls their fucking due. Um, again, martial arts, Anderson Silva, baby. Fuck yeah. Um, and uh, I want to shout out Combat Chronicles podcast again at Combat C uh, CR. Uh, follow my guy Kyle uh, McLaughlin uh, there. Uh, he had an excellent guest who I don't have on top of my hand uh, who is in the boxing scene um, and knows it quite well. Um don't blame them. I would take full responsibility uh, or anything like that. But I like their points as far as, you know, aside from Silva being an old man and uh, 
you know, uh, I'm sure he'd misspoke, like he said, but who, who who knows? You never know what condition anybody's in, right? So I'm not going too far down that rabbit hole. Um, Silva's the better boxer. You're going to give me plus money. Uh, what did I get him at? Um, I think I got him at uh, plus uh, 193. Yeah, almost 2 to 1. Uh, I just I threw a unit there. And then here's what I did, too, because... Um, you know, Jake Paul, my knockout will ruin all this, right? But if it goes to decision, they could rob him, rob Silva outright and give it to Paul. But the real way they rob Anderson Silva, uh, who may, you know, maybe he wants to toy with Jake Paul and you get disappointed, he doesn't knock him out. But then they want to try some shenanigans, is, and, I'm, and I'm taking notes here from the podcast I just shouted, by the way. Um, they do the draw because boxing is shifty like that. And what, how great of a rematch would that be? And they just both get to double their pocketbooks. And my guy Oscar Willis, shout out to Oscar, made a bit bet with Jake Paul, who's like, he asked him how he's going to win. He's like, by knockout, like doing his bravado. But then when Oscar actually challenged him to a bet that Jake Paul actually accepted, he backtracked and made, well, uh, make it so I win by decision, just, just so I win. It's like, whoa, dude, you were just so confident about a KO, but now that. And it's not even like a huge bet. It's not like a Drake million dollar bet that he's making. You know what I'm saying? It was like a, a tattoo bet with Oscar, uh, and he and his wasn't even like a big ask. Like he he doesn't have to get anything like really that that bad or dumb. Um, it was a you know it was a very reasonable tattoo bet, and he was like no 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 no. And so, so you saw the realness come out. In other words, so thank you Oscar for that. Not that it means it'll happen, but he knows that there's a very good possibility that this can go to decision. Now again, fuckery afoot that could go to Jake Paul even if he loses. That stuff's happened before in boxing, uh, for sure, right? But, um, yeah, you know, it's under his promotion. It's a lot of fuckery. So, uh, at plus, this sounds crazy to land this much on a draw, but just because of these circumstances I did, you don't have to follow me here. Um, what is that? Shit. Uh, what did I get it at? Fuck. Uh, where's my open? Why is that popping up? Um, open bets. There we go. Sorry. Screen disappeared. Um, what did I get the fucking draw at? Plus twelve twenty eight. Uh, yeah, uh, plus twelve twenty eight. I put a half a unit on that. So again, if he gets knocked out or gets the decision, and Silva gets robbed of a decision or gets knocked out, then I, I lose uh, one point five units. Um, but uh, if Silva wins, oh, I just get to know that I've never paid money and wasted time in promoting any of Jake's Paul shit and the only time I bet was his demise so I get that and then if I get robbed from that hopefully they rob me via the draw where I will make literally 5x of what I would have made you know uh, betting Silva so I actually make more from the draw if they want to go the fuckery angle um, I know I'm, I know what I'm leaving the door open for I know what I'm betting on it's stupid don't tell me but again for better or worse Mainly worse. You guys know the saying now. I'm honest with you guys. Transparent. Uh, so, yeah. Th that's what I played there. So, recapping the UFC picks now, folks. Sorry. Taking Kata over Allen. Taking. Possibly taking Griffin over Means. My heart's obviously with Means. Okay. So, I'm not, not betting that fight. Taking Costa over Ivandera. Give me sight beyond sight. But, you know. Not betting Costa. Hearts with you, Vandera betters. Taking Friend over Gore. Taking, probably taking Jacoby over Roundtree. Hearts with Roundtree. Um, taking Hogs over Dolidze. Taking Arlovsky over Welcome to My House. 
fall into submission. Rogero de Lima. Although Rogero de Lima has a high propensity to knock him out in the first round. Um, check the plays coming in a second. Taking. Choose, Parker. Park over Holmes. Taking. Hoopa over Garcia. Taking. Durden over Mota. Taking. Rodriguez over Weems. Um, played Frem. Minus 150, 1.5 units. Played Arlovsky, plus 205, half a unit. Uh, played for totals, I have Orlovsky, uh, Florida, uh, Delima, uh, under 2.5, plus 115 for half a unit. Props, Hooper by sub, plus 165, three-quarter unit. Uh, round one sub, plus 450 for Hooper. A quarter unit to round off my unit exposure to him. Frem by sub, plus 800, 0.33 units. Park, round three, plus 1423, 0.17 units. Probably throwing that in a round robin with Hooper by sub and Frem by sub, and we'll either anchor it with with either maybe the the over 4.5 and the minus 130s for Allen Cater, or anchor it with fight doesn't go the dis distance around minus 147 uh, with uh, Haas and the lead say. That's not for sure. Check at Dan Tom and May for confirmation on all these plays, including if I do add Park in a parlay somewhere. But my exposure limit is probably too high for that, so I probably won't. Um, again, peep at Don Tom MMA. Thanks for joining me for this longer show than it should have been. Uh, good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect. Yeah,